Welcome to the Tech Ranch, where we explore the world of living with technology. Get ready to take a deep dive into the latest gadgets, apps, and innovations with your hosts, the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson, and his trusty co-host, Steve Backett. Join us on this exciting journey, and don't forget to visit thetechranch.com for even more exclusive content. Now, without further ado, let's welcome Marlo and Steve to the Tech Ranch. And today on the Tech Ranch, AI is changing the world, and we're going to do a deep dive into how AI is doing that. Steve? Well. What do you think? You know, AI. Not I. Yeah, yeah. Not not the pirate version. Not not the pirate version. Yeah, and not artificial insemination either, like a lot of people that we live around. Well, see, farmers and ranchers would understand that. Yes. And And this is the tech ranch. It is the tech ranch, so (laughs) we have to really clarify that a little bit. So artificial intelligence is what we're talking about. Yes, artificial intelligence, which I've been accused of that a lot. Of intelligence or artificial? The artificial side of it, I can believe that. I can believe that. So... Anyway, we're going to do a very deep dive today in the Tech Ranch uh, into artificial intelligence and how it's changing the world. And also on the line, uh, Patrick McCluskey is joining us. Patrick is the Director of the Social and Ethical Implications of Cyber Sciences at the North Dakota University System. He also serves as the Editor-in-Chief of Dakota Digital Review. Thanks for joining us on the show today, Patrick. Well, thank you. Great to be here. So... What is your take on artificial intelligence right now? Uh, well, it's it's like a tsunami um, uh, that's quickly, just as digitization has touched everything, now artificial intelligence as the next step up is transforming um, or threaten, threaten or for good or for bad to transform everything at, at a, let's say, an exponential level. Um, it has it well it's the analogy is say nuclear power we you know developed nuclear energy 80 years ago we're still not sure whether it's going to blow up the world or power it right so artificial intelligence has the capacity to greatly transform most everything we do but there are a lot of potential threats as well as a lot of, of tremendous upsides so your analogy is really interesting i think because uh, you're right the world hasn't decided about nuclear power yet. I don't know. I mean, Steve, I mean, I think most people think it's for good, but I, I have to admit, I'm a, I'm still fearful of nuclear power. I, I don't know. How do you feel, Steve? Well, you know, and when you look back at what nuclear power was, where the infancy of it was, and I think part of the trepidation is because you, it was shot out of a cannon and you saw what the bad side of it could right. be. Almost and immediately. Immediately. Yeah. That it's like there was no positive buildup of what nuclear was. It was, ho oh, ho, this is what could happen. So it was a foreshadowing of what could happen. And people have that image in their head a lot. Uh, so when you fast forward to now, what are the positive applications thereof? Because you see from an energy perspective, a lot of, uh, a lot of people are having those conversations uh, with the uh, green movement that we maybe should go towards nuclear a little bit more because it is efficient. It is clean. It, it you know, small footprint produces a lot. 
Well, there's even been a lot of talk about uh, making these sub-nuclear plants now. I don't know if you've seen this Yeah, the this little or mini not. ones. Yeah, that would just power a town or whatever, right? So that's interesting. And possibly even powering vehicles, like like our cars and things like that. So you well, don't you have take to a look at uh, them. the Navy is a great example. Yeah, like exactly. Nuclear submarine, yeah. nuclear ships, and, and that's a very small space that is being powered Greatly. I, there's been even some conversations about what does it look like to power a building or a block right. or a neighborhood. So there's a lot of it's, it's kind of like the progression of nuclear stopped. So there was a few things, Three Mile Island yep. and Chernobyl, and it stopped. The progression side. That's okay. We've At least got, here in the United States. Right. We've yeah. got what we've got, and we've got other energy sources that we started going down those roads. So the innovation side of that avenue stopped at the time. And now we're having discussions about, do we pick that back up? Right. Just like artificial intelligence, we're in that infancy, and uh, people have seen the movies that preclude yeah. the doom and gloom side of things. So... There's a little trepidation because it's iRobot or it's the Matrix or, oh, my gosh, is Skynet coming right. from the Terminator movies? People have seen that side of it. There hasn't been a, a movie or an introduction to AI that is the positive light of artificial intelligence. But there hasn't been a shot out of the cannon, like no, you said, like, no. like nuclear. So. So, Patrick, I mean, do you see artificial intelligence having some type of of scenario like nuclear, where we where we, you know, quickly see something bad that comes out of it, and then we move more towards good? Or uh, I, I'm just curious what your take is on that. Well, there's an article in in this issue of. Of uh, Dakota, well, I guess I should, if I showed up to the camera, it's not going to help. But <laughs> um, <laughs> by Mark Mills about ro- robots in the future. So he says we have a labor shortage. We need to improve the productivity of workers. Uh, robots, which are you know obviously programmed with artificial intelligence that can operate with humans, can enhance productivity and and in the long term not uh, destroy the jobs that create a lot of new jobs i'm not so sure because uh, i mean that that's true in manufacturing etc but a lot of jobs are under threat for example in a very uh, and it's already happening where people you know um various sorts of especially white collar you know i mean previously um um you know industrialization and, and automation replaced the sort of muscle jobs now we have artificial intelligence coming in threatening to replace thinking jobs, white-collar jobs, en masse. And then the question is, okay, um, there are a lot of, you know, data sorts of jobs, all kinds of jobs, but they're fairly repetitive. You can say, well, maybe um, it's a good thing in the long run, but where are the jobs for people to go to? You know, if a, if a financial firm has 50 people working at it, say a hedge fund, and they can do the same job with three or four or ten because of artificial intelligence, where do the other 40 go? And I think part of the presupposition is that we're going to have, that this is going to power a greatly expanded economy such that the people that are 
let's say, lose their job at a financial firm, can go and start more financial firms, need fewer people, and and they kind of use all of this as, as an assistant because we have this massively growing economy and services sort of industry. But that presupposes good governance from the top, which doesn't, you know, obviously is, is a problem. It presupposes a, a good economic scenario, which is obviously getting worse, and it presupposes lots of uh, very reliable and inexpensive energy. This stuff is very energy intensive, and as is the economy. So um, in order for um, AI to move forward regarding um, people's jobs and livelihoods in a positive way, there has to be, I think, a pretty, a, a pretty remarkable expansion of activity, but- even with a labor shortage because people get more... Productive. Right, and 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 I will say, I mean, there's there's companies, and and I'm a good example of this, Patrick. If if technology wasn't around, I would probably need, you know, instead of the ten or twelve people that I have, I would need fifty, seventy five people, and and sure. the company that I have wouldn't exist because of because we wouldn't be able to do our jobs efficiently and we don't have enough income coming in to support 50 to 75 people. And we wouldn't be doing the tech ranch right. today. That's correct. That is absolutely correct. So technology allows these things to happen and these micro businesses or small businesses or whatever can thrive in this scenario. And I, I actually believe that artificial intelligence is going to make that scenario significantly better. Well, let's hope so, but um, it's kind of the downside is the potential of kind of reverse the reverse of what Marx um, failed to see, and that is he thought that you know the, the that the capitalist economy would sort of implode in certain ways, but he didn't foresee consumer capitalism. In other words, that you know obviously industrial revolution produced products. Who's going to buy them? Right. So people need to be employed in order to buy the products and services that the economy produces. And with, um, you know, if there is mass uh, unemployment for any period of time, you've got a real problem. So somehow we need to make this transition um, in a way that isn't uh, massively uh, destructive. So I've there. Oh, go ahead. Uh, so, Patrick, uh, do you see that there is a transition too quickly? Uh, and, and the reason I ask that is yeah. uh, if there needs to be, whether it's an energy, because you mentioned the energy consumption that is involved with artificial intelligence and, and the new technologies, um, is the transition going too fast? Or is there a pace that needs to be observed when you're moving forward into new technology? Because, hey, it's wonderful, and people want to jump in with both feet right away, but then you start finding some little flaws or glitches because it wasn't beta tested long enough. So you're jumping right. in. Is, is there a, a learning curve, if you will, of new technology and AI being the, the biggest example of it? Well, yeah, we're, we're interfacing with artificial intelligence um, that is great at pattern recognition and moves at the, you know, immense speeds. We don't move at that speed and we need to be in control. Um, now, does the military need to forge forward? Yeah, because we're in competition with Russia, China, et cetera, et cetera. But in what what other areas are, are the more human areas that perhaps we need to carve out? I think, you know, like chat, GPT, and these sorts of things will be would be a disaster in education, potentially, because insofar as 
you know, students, young people, as they grow up through university, need to learn how to read, write, and think on their own and be and master that, not let the technology um, take its place. Now, you could say, on the other hand, that these technologies can create um, sort of mentors that will greatly help, but that takes time. Um, and as you, as you well know, Elon Musk and Russell Brand, and uh, not Russell Brand, um, uh, uh, anyway, I can forget his name, but they, they uh, sent this letter, right, to slow it down. Let's, 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 uh, let's pause, right? And that's a good so place to pause, too, Patrick. <laughs> Great segue. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It really is. You're tuned to the Tech Ranch. Tech Ranch, let's get back to discovering the latest in technology with the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson. So, Patrick, tell me a little bit about um, how you see AI and robotics marrying together as we move forward. Um, well, in many, many, many areas. Um, one of the most interesting is another article in the current issue called In Defense of Virtuous Autonomous Weapons. Uh, it's by Don Howard, who's a professor at the University of Notre Dame. And I know, I've known him for a long time. Uh, he was the director of the Riley Center for Science, Technology, and Values at Notre Dame, and I was on the board for quite a few years. Uh, and uh, he's, he's a philosophy of science. Um, that's his specialty. And um, looking at full robotic autonomy is trying to figure out how do we use that in, in, a, in, a, in a sane, moral way. Um, and full, what full robotic autonomy is, is that uh, weapons systems, sea, land, air, and space, uh, operate autonomously. Not autonomously, in other words, they make the kill decisions. Currently, we have you know, things like drones that, that are um, you know, sent into enemy territory, but they're controlled and from remotely, right? That kill decision is made by human beings with lawyers and military people in the room to make the kill decision. In this scenario, which is inevitable when you don't have uh, air superiority, the machines are programmed to hunt targets and take them out, um, which is a pretty scary scenario. And there's obviously a lot of AI is involved in that uh, because we've sort of seeded the most... Um, Profound human decision to to robotic uh, to robots and AI. Um, now, as scary as that is, and it certainly is, uh, Professor Howard wants to make the case that we can program these computers to act better than a than the average human soldier. So they won't they won't be perfect, but you know if they they can be programmed to accord with the international law of armed conflict and the international humanitarian law and perform better. They don't get tired. They don't seek revenge. They don't get angry. They don't, um, you know, they won't be prone to, uh, you know, uh, war crimes, etc. Um, and it, it, this stuff is already happening. The Russians have, de- have deployed something called the uh, Russian Marker, which is a tank, a small tank that hunts tanks, fully robot, fully uh, autonomous. Uh, the Ukrainians have the Brimstone missile, missile, which can be shot from a jet. And it can be in autonomous, fully autonomous mode, um, and seek out targets. And then, and these things are being developed massively on, you know, by the Chinese, by us, from tiny swarms of of robots to to entire 
um, you know, a fighter, a fighter plane that can operate as a fully autonomous weapon. So that's not a big stretch to go from hunting other machines to hunting people. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and, and there are, of course, practical concerns. Um, I'm thinking movies how, again. How, do, how does I know you are? Huh? Oh, I'm thinking movies yeah, again. Yeah. It's a Skynet all over. Although, although we're sitting here yeah. in bewilderment right now, Patrick, as you're actually talking about this. But go ahead. Yeah, I mean, there are um, one problem that people always come up with is, well, how do how do how do you program uh, these machines to distinguish uh, combatants from civilians and so on? Um, and those are difficulties to overcome. And you know, how do you how do they distinguish between an enemy tank and a Red Cross uh, truck? Well, right. they put the Red Cross on on the vehicle. Obviously, things think, you know they can put the Red Cross symbol on a truck, right. <laughs> on a tank. Right. right? There are a lot of practical difficulties with it. But you know, this article argues that um, that the, all the frameworks are there. It's possible. Uh, the machine learning is getting much much better, and that in the end they'll perform better than human soldiers. Um, now, perhaps so. There are all kinds of concerns. We've kind of crossed the moral Rubicon in a lot of ways. Um, and there is a concern that I think, and the other concern is deployment. In other words, um, already you know, we've deployed the U.S. military over 60 times since like World War II. How easy would it be to deploy a robot army <laughs> or a drone, you know, air force? Now, nobody's going to, you know, people don't die. Um you know, so does it increase or decrease uh, military conflict going forward? Interesting. So, Not give us a, Star Wars. Give That's us it. a. I want a. I want a good example now for humanity, Patrick. After all of that, you've got everybody down now. Give us. Give us something wonderful that's going to happen because of this. Uh, because of uh, because, because of, of AI, AI and robotics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I right. noticed we're all, right. we're well, all going to lose um, our jobs. Actually, we're all yes, going to be destroyed a lot by of good stuff. Uh, Senator Hoven wrote an article in this issue about about food security uh, and precision agriculture. Okay, so give um, us give us an example there. That's of... a good thing. Yeah, well, technology has already improved uh, product pro- productivity about three hundred percent. Like in North Dakota, there's a lot of crops we can grow we couldn't grow before. And the next big step is precision agriculture, um, which will you know reduce uh, Fertilizer, um, pesticide, water, and fuel consumption, and 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 as well increase productivity. Um, and there's another article uh, about how how AI with um, working with uh, you know the the weed control can reduce uh, pesticide by fifty percent. Um, and in North Dakota, we've we have the right environment, right regulatory environment, et cetera. And this is developing, as you well know, with Grand Farm. They're um, creating the, the next generation of precision ag, and there's a lot of research at NDSU. Um, it's really exciting. They can, you know, there's a lot of autonomous vehicles, AI, data collection, um, uh, using drones to scan fields and, and so on. And, you know, so that could greatly improve agriculture at a time when uh, the food supply is under threat worldwide. Yeah, and I think that uh, you know, just just the uh, use of pesticides alone, just decreasing that, I think improves human health 
as we move forward as well. Mm-hmm. So I think that there's some great things there. Yeah. So, hey, Patrick, um, so tell us a little bit about how we can find out more about what you do and uh, where we can find you. Um, well, the, the Dakota Digital Review is published by the North Dakota University System, part of the Dakota Digital Academy, uh, which is founded by Chancellor Mark Hagerot, directed by Ken Nygaard. You can find Dakota Digital Review online. Just Google Dakota Digital Review NDUS, um, and you'll find it. Um, you can reach me there. Uh, in the introduction to Dakota Digital Review, you'll find my contact information. Find me on LinkedIn um, or email me, patrick.mccluskey.1 at ndus.com. And, um, you know, uh, you, you can email me. We can put you on the mailing list. We have a print version as well that goes out uh, for the fall issue and the spring issue. Uh, or, you, of course, you can go online. You can even download a PDF. Um, you can also submit uh, suggestions for articles, comments and criticisms, as well as um, anyone can write for the magazine. You know, it's subject experts write. I teach them how to write for the general public. But... And, and there are a lot of PhDs doing that, but you don't have to have a PhD to to write for the magazine. Oh, you just Steve, need to Steve's got all excited all of a sudden here. He can write yeah. and be published now. Oh my <laughs> goodness! So see, AI is positive. Yeah. I, yeah. Question though, and do we need to slow down? Do we need to ease into AI, just like the examples we brought up before about the nuclear and, and you know, the movies that are out there that people have seen with artificial intelligence? Is it a case of just having to ease in? I think so in a lot of areas. I mean, we have, you know, chat GPT replacing human beings, uh, you know, you know, writing and then Dali, Dali and all these other things doing, doing images. Where's the human in that? All right. With that, you are, you are, uh, on the tech ranch. Super talk. 12 minute of the tech ranch as we explore the cutting edge of tech with Marlo and Steve. For more exclusive content, visit thetechranch.com. Well, I'm kind of shaking in my boots, Steve. See, I tell you, I talk all the time about movies. And are they prophetic? Do they come to fruition? You know, it's kind of the chicken or the egg yeah. thing. What comes first? The crazy thing you see in a movie? Or is it the crazy thing and then a movie shows up? I so, think it's a little of both. So before I got to the studio, you know, I get the... I'm sure you get these notifications on your phone, too, about articles and whatever. I try to turn them off as much as possible. I think they know I like Star Trek. I'm just really? saying. Now, I'm not a Trekkie as in I have a whole wardrobe of clothes and things. But, but we I, know a guy. Yes, we do. <laughs> actually, we do. We do. <laughs> I actually know somebody who's a tailor that can actually make those things. Or Anyway, um, so, you know, it pops up and, and says uh, it start, the article – was about the inventions that have come from Star Trek. Oh, I, and there's a you and there's I just, had that conversation. There's, there's many a lot. times. There's just a lot of them, right? So you're right. I mean, it seems like some movies are prophetic in that and that way. But you hope that some of this thing. It, actually, I'll take that a little further. I wish they wouldn't bring some of this stuff up because it gets maybe somebody thinking about, hmm, interesting, you know. And then 20 years later, we have it. I'm so, still waiting for the transporter. 
Well, that's a possibility, and they've been working on that. By the way, they they have had some minimal success really? with transporting like a, a molecule from one spot to another. But it's it's more about it's not like it's transforming; it's just reading it and making it over here, kind of like a kind 3D of a three D printer type of scenario. Yeah, but it's because I can imagine right? the energy involved with being oh, able to goodness. do that would that be would be insane, astronomical. Yeah, yeah. So we have to figure that out first, I think. But anyway, getting back to, you know, even the war between Russia and and the Ukraine right now and the technology that's being used. Yeah. It's kind of scary. Well, if you think about it from a, a conflict perspective, what is it? It's a testing ground. That is true. I guess I never really thought about yes, that Yes, it, it's so a lot of things in the military world are theoretical. And a lot of money is spent for R&D, and then they move that project forward. But you can test all you want in a controlled environment, but you don't know the full extent of whether that theory or that product can be proven out unless it's in an actual battle situation. So, you know, the there's a... Part of my brain somewhere way in back that goes, how much of this is wanted? You know, a little devil's advocate somewhere back in the deep, dark parts of my head. They're going, so there's a certain segment out there that likes and wants conflict because that means money. And out of chaos comes profit. That's That's true. The way it is. Whether it's. Disruptive right. technology, right. artificial intelligence, right. out of chaos comes profit. Right. You have to shake things up yep. to be able to move forward yep. in any space. And you can say the same. You know, I, I guess competition is that way too. You're you're the only person that has something, and you become complacent, and and uh, so competition yeah. will change that too. So so you need chaos a lot of times in order to shake it know, up a little bit. Up a little bit. So it's the snow globe principle. I'm just. You know, he's talking about drone wars. He literally is talking about drone wars out of Star Wars. Yeah. And and so what does that mean in the future? Cha- ch- change two letters. What? Clone Wars. Oh, yes. Yeah. Is it Clone Wars, not yeah. Drone Wars? Yeah. Oh. Well, it was the drones versus the clones. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. It pretty much is. Yeah. So. See movies. Th- does this mean in the future that, that the country that has the wherewithal to create more drones or clones or whatever possibly uh, will prevail in conflicts but then again is that any different than any other time in in our human existence i don't yeah, know I, I was thinking it's like okay so back when i was in middle school or grade school or high school and people had a conflict and they would go out behind the bleachers at the football field and just settle it and done yep it's like well my droid's going to beat the crap yeah, out of your yeah, droid. Yeah, exactly. Is that where we're going? That is interesting, yes, and maybe so. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, and that could be a positive. It could be a positive. You know, we always, every time I talk about this topic in groups of people, it all the topic always seems to go this direction. I'm going to lose my job. You know, we're going to be at war with people, you know, with because of these technologies that we would have never dreamed about before. I mean, the whole worth, world is teetering right now because of these technologies. Um, I wonder if 
when the wheel was invented, that that same type of topic, when, when they come into the battlefield and instead of having, you know, 50 men carrying around some battering arm or whatever it was, here comes two men pulling it or a, or a horse or a mule pulling the same exact thing because it made they the have horse wheels. happy or the oxen happy because yeah. wow my load just got lighter <laughs> yeah no kidding right right so I don't know I mean I, I think it's I think it's the same argument it just is about different things you know technology from a you know the artificial intelligence to me is just the next iteration of technology so um, and because I used to watch a lot of movies in that vein. Uh, I knew we were going to get there at some point. It's, yep. it's, it's, it happens. Um, but they were scary movies and not putting artificial intelligence in the best light. Right. And if you look at it as a tool and go back 25, 30 years ago when uh, the auto industry was a great example or the steel mills where it was an industry that was teetering uh finances workforce um some of those were dangerous jobs and then robotics came in and there was a big fear that well wait a minute th- this robotics uh, instead of 250 people on an assembly line you now need 150 or 100 and they worked through that just fine they did they did they got through that so now fast forward to this next iteration of technology, and I think we'll get through it, but trying to get people's mind to shift, in a, 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 it's a major paradigm shift. And without having, to, th- there's almost a leap of faith that has to take place, because without having uh, an example of, okay, if you were doing this, then you can do this. But people don't want to let go of what they know. Right. So there is a leap of faith that's involved with new technology and and what's that strange new world look like? And I have to admit that in my age bracket and younger, when I when I go out and talk to people and then I say, hey, you know, I, I did this on ChatGPT or whatever, and they look at me kind of weird sometimes. And they're like, I, I haven't used that yet. What's that like? And I, I to me, it's just almost like second nature already because I use it so often. I don't know how I got through the day before without having artificial intelligence. I get so many more things done. And and my to-do list that used to be significant, and it still is significant, but I'm cranking through this stuff like I never have before and creating things like I never have before. I'm actually creating jobs and new companies and all of this stuff because of, this artificial intelligence. So I don't have a lot of time to think about the bad stuff, I guess, because I, all I see it for is this amazing tool that I have. Class half full. Yes, that's true. That is true. Think of it in terms of this, because I, I I always like to look at where we're going to go as a society and in the bigger picture of things. So let's go through the list of things that if you walked up to a high schooler today and they wouldn't have a clue what it was. Oh, my goodness. You know, like CDs are Probably there now. Yes. Uh, and I remember tapes. when the CD came out. Yes. I decided so do I. was I. excited about Cassette this. tapes. Yes. Eight tracks. What's a tape player? Yeah. You know, it, all these all these music devices. Yeah. And and, think and of, Elton John's been through all of them. Yeah. That's what's amazing about it. I just laugh. When, you know, he had a number one hit here not too long ago, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. He was around when there were eight tracks. Yes. 
That's amazing. And before. Yes. Uh, but you go through the different things that you could present to a, a high school kid, and they would not have a clue. In 10, 15, 20 years, is there going to be a concept of not utilizing in some fashion artificial intelligence to a high school kid? So I believe that is, I believe that's the, a true statement. I believe that they will not have a clue what it's like to not have some type of virtual assistant. It'll just be commonplace. It'll be part of their phone. Uh, you know, it'll be like Star Trek when, when Star Trek, when you say computer, it just surrounds you and you have this yeah. ability to just summon it whenever you want to. We're not a hundred percent there yet, but we're pretty darn close. I mean, when you think of like Alexa and Google Home appliances, well, and the ability the to speak to things. Yes. It's the, it, you're right. It's, it's about the, it's connect- the connectivity. Yes. And, yes. and at some point, and we've, you know, I talk about easing our way into AI. And we've been doing that, not necessarily with the AI specific, but we've been easing our way into that technology that facilitates the AI. What's your world like? Do you have an Alexa or no. a, or a no. Google Home? You don't have absolutely a home not. I no, and it's because of the. I may get of rid of my cell phone too. It is privacy. Okay. It, it's, okay. Yeah, because I I'll be in a friend of mine's office and and we'll be having a conversation and all of a sudden. It'll chime in. It's like, we didn't ask you a question. Right. Um, my wife, she's got a smartphone uh, or a smartwatch, and we'll be having a conversation, and her fo- her watch will start talking. I'm like, we didn't invite you into the conversation. Right, right. So I, I've got some privacy issues that uh, need to be worked out a little bit better well, in my I, mind. I, I don't but know I'm about like, that, but... It, but uh... there, there's some intrusiveness that, that sometimes I want to just disconnect and shut things off. I didn't want to take you down that rabbit hole. Let's get back to your original point, right. and then let's go down this other rabbit hole a little bit later. How's that sound? It's bunny season. Yeah, it yeah. is. <laughs> so, uh, but we've dipped our toe into it with the immersion side of things. So the Alexas and the series and and the Google devices, uh, the the smartwatch that's connected to your phone. Um, so going down that road that facilitates the artificial intelligence, because you have to be immersed into the technology to fully grasp the artificial intelligence world. And not a big fan of Facebook, but that's what Meta did with jumping into the whole metaverse thing. Right. It's, I, I think they were a little early, but... They took the leap. Yeah, and, you know, there's something about being first, right? Right. I mean, there always is about uh, sometimes it's best to be second, and Google is a great example of that. A lot of people don't remember Yahoo. Right. Yeah. You know, Facebook Yahoo. was second. I mean, there was a, like there was, that. Was pretty there good was a MySpace at one time, and there still is, actually. You don't still have a MySpace? I don't. I haven't looked at MySpace in probably a couple of years, but I was surprised, I have to admit, when I went and looked at it. It's mostly around the music industry now, but I did look a couple of years ago, and and even the the cheap. Well, uh, Brad Paisley keeps it relevant. So the cheap uh, uh, setups that they have for faces or for their pages, you know, the old. Uh, I remember MySpace just having all kinds of gifts and things that blinked at you and whatever. People still have those pages like that. It's just wow. it's kind of amazing. I should me. go look actually because I know once upon a time. I had a MySpace account. I don't think I ever did anything with it, but I, I had So you're one. wondering if it's still there or not? Well, yeah, because most did, of these platforms have a, 
interesting habit of not getting rid of anything. Yeah, they don't it, appreciate it. it. No, they just leave it they're there. Always yeah. there. Yeah. Somebody can pass away, it's still there. I'm sure my MySpace is still interesting. Now you have me curious too. I wonder if I still have a yeah, MySpace. Yeah, we should go check we on that. We should go check that sometime. All right. Yeah. Everybody out in Radio yeah. Land, raise your hand. Do you have a MySpace account? Yeah. I still have curly hair in MySpace. <laughs> It's like the just, Brad Paisley song. Just say it, say it, you were yeah. taller and better looking. I was yeah. absolutely, absolutely. That was a good, great thing about MySpace. But yeah. but just to touch on the the other rabbit hole a little bit on the security issue stuff. Some of this stuff, and where younger generations, I think maybe maybe fail in the acknowledgement or realization or uh, the understanding that things digitally never go away. And the social media accounts, the yep. MySpace, yep. you know, that, oh, hey, this is a flyer way back in the day, but it's still there. It is still there. It's not like back when we were in college and, oh, my glad they didn't have cell phone cameras back then, but that. Are you familiar with the Wayback Machine? The Way, Wayback? It, it's actually called the Wayback Machine. And you can actually go and look at a website and what it looked like like back in 2011 and all that great stuff. So, no, not. Yeah, you have I'll to go check that Google out sometime. That. The Wayback Machine. The Wayback Machine. Can, yeah, it's it's a fantastic place to go look at, at uh, great old stuff. And you are listening to the Tech Ranch. Super Talk us on the Tech Ranch. Let's rejoin Marlo and Steve as they guide us through the fascinating world of technology. So the Flintstone reference. Oh, you like my Flintstone reference? Well, you know, I love the Flintstones, but I certainly don't remember what you're talking about here. So you you did a little digging already. What I did, did you find? It, it wasn't the way backs. It was the way outs. The way outs. Yeah. And Which, this is the band on the Flintstones. Yeah, it was kind of their homage to the Beatles. The way out, sort the of. Beatles, interesting. Yeah. All right, let's take a listen. And a one, and a two. There's a place where I can go, and that's where I want to be. I'm saying goodbye to you, good people, for I found a place for me. Way too much yeah. Are they made out of pizza boxes in the middle, or what is that? Well, I think it, it may have been real. Okay. It's awesome. They got some hair a little bit, too, don't they? Yeah. yeah. It, was, I, it was their homage to the Beatles yeah. back in the day. Yeah, funny. Funny. Find a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's, let's get into Precision Ag a little bit since Patrick brought that up, too. Yeah, I, I wanted to talk about that, too. And he was talking about uh, the Precision Agriculture side uh, from uh, um, where you're going from the the fertilizer side is where I want to approach this. Because you take a look at what's going on right now um, globally and the value of fertilizer and and how much you're putting on and and there's a big cost because a lot of people don't understand that food does not come from a grocery store, just like electricity does not come from a light switch. Right. It, it There's input costs. And, and farm to market, farm to table is expensive. And just from a precision agriculture, if you're able to use artificial intelligence, they've been doing this in agriculture for a long time uh, with drones and UAV. And uh, just take a look at the uh, computer bank that's on a sprayer 
or a combine and, and the tractors that are out there, there's a reason they're over a million dollars now. But the computer systems that go into that to microprocess that this part of the field's a little drier than that part of the field, which means a little different nutrients, and you're able to put different micronutrients on or different fertilizers, and you can meter that out without just a blanket coverage. Right. Uh, okay, so now take that to the next step of artificial intelligence, yep. being able to do that where you're doing it much faster, much quicker, much more accurate, because right now we're supplying on or relying on uh, – uh, Basically, it's kind of like DOS. <laughs> we're, 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 if you're looking at where things are going, we're still in the infancy of, right. of the precision agriculture. One hundred percent agree with that. Yeah, and there will be a time, and I don't even think think it's in the n- near future. It's like you know, like next year type of yeah, stuff. Yeah, we're still analog. Yes, uh, where maybe even things like pesticides and weed killers and things like this won't even be relevant because things like your favorite, the way out your yarble. <laughs> I was trying to get through a show without, without saying, saying yarble. Well, okay. it's too late. Right, too late now. But uh, there are machines coming out that are autonomous machines that all, all their tasks to do is go through the field and then Kill weeds. Art, artificial intelligence will determine whether or not that is a crop or a weed and it'll see the weed and kill it. And it'll either just spray it directly, just a little little touch of spray, uh, or uh, electrocute it. There are now uh, vehicles that are coming out that will actually see that and just shoot some electricity to it, and that will be that. You know, where that so. could be fun is little robots, and you could go out into fields like when there's locusts. Like last year, we had a lot of locusts yes. in eastern Montana. You couldn't even drive down the roads. They were slippery because right. of locusts. right. Uh, but you could go into a field and save the crop. Yeah. It, but I, I would want to do that manually yeah. with the little yeah, robot yeah. on yeah. the screen. And like, one I can and go around and die. Oh, yeah. That would be fun. I, I would enjoy in fact, that. In fact, I can see the ad already. Needed. 1,000 gamers. <laughs> Glen Dive, Montana. <laughs> you Sign can me zap, up. I'm, zap I'm all the locusts you want. Well, yeah. it, it's funny because I used to go out when I was a small child with my BB gun and the flying grasshoppers, a.k.a. locusts, at our cabin, and I would go shoot them with a BB. But you had to be a really good shot. You had to be a pretty good yeah, shot to make that yeah, happen. But it was time-consuming. Yeah. I had a hard time finding enough yes. of them and reloading the BB gun. Yes. I could go out with a drone or the little micro whatever out into a field and bring it on. Yeah. I, I got gotcha. you. Yep. But yeah, so things in, in precision ag are changing at a, at a very, very fast rate. And I think autonomous vehicles, of course, are going to be, and artificial intelligence, it's just all going to get combined. Robotics, all of it's going to get combined, uh, to make this job, uh, better, more efficient, and safer for farmers. It's farming is still one of the most riskiest jobs there are on the planet. So better than it used to be, but it's still very the risky. What does future of a farm look like? I mean, they're working on some of this at Grand Sky. And emerging prairie, grand farm, you mean, or grand farm? Yes, yes. Um, they're they're working on some of that space yes. right now. Uh, what's the future of agriculture? But I don't see in the distant future where a farm operation would utilize several robots to go through and oh, got to go do the spraying. Well, but it's a little robot that goes out and puts a drop of this micronutrient on, or a, a drop of this on that corn stalk. Uh, it could get down to that level. Yeah, 
Yeah, I agree with that. And that isn't that far into the future right now. So, uh, and, and these things we're talking about, crazy expensive for producing crops because if you're, if you're crop spraying something, you know, the old crop sprayer coming through and, and, uh, spraying your entire field. I mean, there is so much of that that goes to waste. Just yeah, so much. Overspray and. Yeah. And that, that's the other thing is the drift that happens. I mean, you're, you're spraying your field and the, and the farmer right next door has a different type of crop and you just killed off half of theirs because the wind was 10 miles well, an hour that day or whatever. Happens tw- all the time. 20 mile an hour wind and you need to get this nutrient or pesticide yeah. on this crop. Yeah. Or and we're windy tomorrow. For, we're windy for two weeks. Right. Um, you can't do it, but on a micro level, yes, you could you go and. Inject that right into yep, the stock. That's and exactly boom, right. Done. Yep. Yeah. So, <laughs> or handle those locusts because you're on the ground handling them as opposed to trying to spray them all. Yeah. So I still think it'd yeah. be cool with a controller. And yeah. Just, yeah. I, I want to go out and do that. Yeah. I, I don't want that autonomous. I want to do that myself. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but if you start looking at, because you mentioned the cost side, it's it, extremely expensive yes. right now. But you just mitigated fuel costs, or you mitigated so some much. other costs, and. That's where I brought up the input costs that people don't realize that go into agriculture for everything that's on your table, everything you buy at the grocery store, it's the input cost. So if you can mitigate those input costs in other areas, now you can mitigate other areas and other areas. And what now you're bringing that cost for being able to do that AI or that autonomous farm operation down greatly. And we won't even talk about the labor shortage there is in farming. It's significant. And all of this put together really, really helps our farmers across the country. Well, think of a rancher if you had a robot that could deliver calves. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or, or or a robot that I'm not can sure the cow calories. would like it, but... Uh, yeah, maybe not. Yeah, yeah. but, but, yeah, but think of a rancher or milking operations but yeah, think of a rancher of during calving season yeah. and how they're tied to their operation it, yeah. it, it, you could change all that you, well and you, you know you only have so many strawberries that are ripe every day right, right. so the ai and the robot can actually determine these are ready to pick today not that your group picking them or whatever so uh there's just so much that's possible uh with the artificial fascinating health. new world it's a fascinating new world you're listening to the tech Rats. It's all about the pets. Steve Dale's Pet World. Saturday afternoon at 4 on Super Talk 1270. 145 over 92. 180 over 111. 182 over 100. And I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest. And then a stroke. Your blood pressure numbers could change your life. A lot of people don't understand... Including myself, I didn't, now I do. Uh, the impact of having a stroke. My memory is shot. When I woke up, I couldn't speak. Lowering your high blood pressure could save you from a heart attack or stroke. If you've stopped your treatment plan, restart it or talk to your doctor about creating one that works better for you. Start taking the right steps at manageyourbp.org. It's a new life, but I'm going to make it better. I'm coming back. Ask your doctor. Check your blood pressure. 
Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. This is the Pet Minute. I'm Steve Dale. My cat was just diagnosed as diabetic. I'm heartbroken. Emails listener Paula in Ohio. My reply next. Tornadoes, hurricanes, flooding, wildfires. It's a dangerous time of year. Planning ahead and having your pets microchipped could save their lives. Help protect your pets by visiting the veterinarian before storm season gets underway for a simple and inexpensive procedure to implant a microchip. Then your pet's microchip number and your contact information must be enrolled in a national secure recovery database such as Home Again. Safety for your pets and security for you. Please visit homeagain.com. Paula, well, I know your cat was diagnosed with a serious illness, diabetes. If treated appropriately, this is not a death sentence and can be controlled with insulin, weight loss, diet, and exercise, and might even go into remission. And if you ask most cats, they'd rather get a shot than a pill. Ask your veterinarian for details. For the Pet Minute, I'm Steve Dale. AM Mandan Bismarck, a Town Square media station, broadcasting from the View Community Credit Union Studio. Here's the latest from ABC News. I'm Sherry Preston. Pope Francis making it to Easter Vigil at St. Peter's. The Pope appeared at Good Friday services in a wheelchair after a recent hospital visit. The Vatican saying he would be appearing both on Holy Saturday and Easter Sunday, and he is there right now. The Pope was recently hospitalized with bronchitis. The state of Tennessee, now the center of the democratic process after the expulsion of two state legislators over their protest in favor of stricter gun laws. Here's ABC's Faith Abube. The House Republican leadership warning them against bringing the protest onto the House floor. But the group doing just that with bullhorns after their microphones were cut off. The move temporarily disrupting House business. Days later, the Republican supermajority ousting duly elected Democrats Justin Pearson and Justin Jones. Gloria Johnson, a white woman, was the only one who survived the expulsion vote. It's ABC's Faith Abube. Johnson and Jones' expulsions have left 140,000 voters in primarily black districts in Memphis and Nashville with no representation. Access to the most commonly used method of abortion in the U.S. now in question following a Texas judge's ruling that said the FDA should not have approved mifepristone more than 20 years ago. ABC's Zorian Shaw. We often think of a type of surgery, but according to the CDC, more than half of all abortions rely on medication. And this ruling in Texas could dramatically change that. Critics say this decision will likely go beyond abortion. They believe it could motivate conservatives to challenge other FDA-approved drugs and vaccines. So another example is HIV medications. And it could also discourage companies from even investing time and resources into products that could become political targets in court. Washington judge ruling the FDA approval should remain. In Tel Aviv, Israel, another rally. Thousands marching against Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's plan to overhaul the nation's judicial system. This is ABC. Super Talk 1270. Bismarck Area Weather. 
With your forecast, I'm Corey Hartman. For today, partly sunny, a high near 38. Partly cloudy tonight, lows around 25. Mostly sunny and 46 on Sunday. Mostly clear, 29 Sunday night. For Monday, mid-50s and breezy. Upper 50s and sunshine for Tuesday, 51 Wednesday. Try Grandpa's Barbecue Sauce, made from an original family recipe. GrandpasBBQShop.com. Currently 33 degrees. It's all about the pets. Steve Dale's Pet World. Saturday afternoon at 4 on Super Talk 1270. Portions of the following program are pre recorded. Welcome to the Tech Ranch, where we explore the world of living with technology. Get ready to take a deep dive into the latest gadgets, apps, and innovations with your hosts, the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson, and his trusty co-host, Steve Botkin. Join us on this exciting journey, and don't forget to visit thetechranch.com for even more exclusive content. Now, without further ado, let's welcome Marlo and Steve to the Tech Ranch. So precision, precision egg, and easy for you to jobs. say. Yeah, obviously not. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so you know, we were just talking about jobs. What do you think the impact will be uh, with the workplace? Ar- artificial intelligence. You know, how is it going to impact the workplace? Which workplace, though? I, well, I, I think that's the the question you have to ask because there's spaces for it, and. Do we fully know what the impacts could be in every workplace yet? Because there's a different application for everything. So, so we don't. So let's start with restaurants. Okay. We can just go right down the things that impact the people people the most. So let's just start with restaurants. Now, are, you want to talk on the backside of it or you want to talk on a customer's perspective walking through the door? I think a little of both, actually. But let's talk about the customer impact and what we could potentially see when we walk into a restaurant in the near future, if not already. Well, so, we're already seeing that seeing you, some. you can order on a kiosk. Yes. Um, well, after you, COVID, a lot of people, restaurants don't have menus anymore. They're QR code. So COVID actually trained us a little bit to little bit. going to this already. Because you're right. Many restaurants have the QR code and many haven't stopped. I don't know if you've noticed that or not, but I go into some of these restaurants and it's still a QR code on the table. Well, if you think about uh, getting into the finances, your profit margin is pretty thin at a restaurant or any establishment uh, that you can imbibe in or eat at or margins are thin. So anywhere you can cut costs, what's the cost of printing a new menu every six months? Yeah, or every three months Yeah, depending on if your menu rolls over. So... If you can reduce that cost because, hey, it's digital, I can just put it on online, uh, helping facilitate some of that is a lot of the online delivery services because people want to be able to order online. Well, here's the QR code that just links to that menu. Why do you need a menu? I think the other thing with it, too, the thing, there's some things I don't like about it because I do like to peruse a menu sometimes. But the thing, unless I, it's a darkly lit restaurant, I'm with my wife usually when yes. that happens, and the print really small, and, and then I, I forgot my glasses. I so, use my phone for that, by the way. Yeah, by the way, yeah, yeah you pull the phone up, so you're using yeah. technology to I, circumvent technology, so I can, so I can read it. Uh, yeah. Yes, you're right about that because it's the light. Yeah. I need my flashlight yeah. on my phone. Yeah, 
Uh, but the cool thing is, is that it allows restaurants to make menu changes whenever they want to. Something comes into season, they get a great buy on something or whatever, they can add it to the menu. Before it used to be that, you know, sometimes you'd find a little sticker on a menu or they just would decide not to bring it in because it costs too much and takes or too much time to, to change the menu over. They have to print another menu, so right. you'll have the specials for this month right? because we it's in season. Yep. And, yep. and there's a lot of local restaurants that, that do that. A lot of restaurants I go to that do that, they'll have an extra insert or an extra menu. Well, that's print costs, and print is expensive nowadays. So have you used the kiosk at a restaurant yet? The full like, kiosk? Like at McDonald's or whatever? Uh, I may have stumbled through one when one first popped up. And, okay. And now what I'm finding around here locally anyway is, uh, they're not always working. Interesting. They're, they're not. Yeah. Okay. We went back to the high school kid. Well, supposed to be a high school kid back behind the counter, which isn't the case nowadays, but so I wonder if it's a workforce type of scenario because some of us. So I've been in a couple of McDonald's, and I don't mean to pick on McDonald's, but it seems that the they kiosk, rolled it out first. They they yeah. got ahead of it with yep. COVID. They yep. they got ahead. They wanted to roll it out because McDonald's also got into the robots for making hamburgers yes. and back yep. and and flipping hamburgers. Yep. Uh, there's a restaurant in California, by the way, that had the first one called Flippy, and the restaurant was would did did okay before. <clears throat> since they have the robotic. Hamburger maker now, you can't get into the place. Really? People want to see this robot making hamburgers. The glass wall with the robot making. I don't know how they're doing it. As long as the In and Out Burger doesn't go that route, I'm fine. Yeah. But anyway, uh, so yeah, I I was in, uh, is it Wickyham, um, Arizona? I think that's the name of the town. And I'd been through there a couple times over the last couple years, and they went from having kind of their full-service normal McDonald's, to a kiosk. And the last time I was there, they had now, uh, they had a combination thing right away, like a hybrid where they had a couple kiosks and a couple people working. Now there's many kiosks and one person uh, at at the front just basically bringing out food and, and answering questions that some people might have. So uh, I think it's a workforce issue in that area. It's not a heavily populated area. So for them to be busy on a, like the one morning I went in there, you couldn't get into McDonald's. It was so busy there. And I walk in and there was a kiosk open. I went up and I ordered my food and, and that was that. And a couple minutes later, there it was. So. Okay. We're kind of talking fast food, but just think about you get your order. You got a number on the bottom of your slip and then somebody would yell out when your order's ready. Hey, number 76. Right. right. And you'd go up and somebody would hand you your food. Right. Well, take a look at what the delivery services have done. Um, every restaurant, whether it's a fast food restaurant or a regular restaurant, now has a shelf over yeah. by the entrance that, yes. that they put those, the food, those bags on yes. and they come up and, well, okay, now extrapolate that back into fast food a little bit further. Do you even have to have somebody handing you the food bag anymore or setting that food bag on the counter so and the calling out orders, a number? Yeah. Yeah. No, you don't. You don't. You don't. There's a couple of places I've been into that I've seen this now where that, that shelf that you're talking about is both for to-goes and for the delivery piece. They just have different sections on there. This is where you pick up your order. The other one is for people who are coming in to, to pick them up to deliver them like a DoorDash. Or and whatever. there's a lot of so, push to go to online ordering. Yes. Order before you get there. Right. You know, it, you know it's kind of funny. Take a look at uh, – we've talked in the past about uh, – 
where Domino's is going to autonomous vehicles. But Domino's also gives you three dollars off delivery charge if you come pick it up yourself. Right. So they're going to pay you to deliver your own pizza right. or wings or whatever. Which makes you, sense. Yeah, it does. You know, when you think about it. But w- what does that do again? Going back to margins, if you're going to take three dollars off a pizza that you're making for somebody to come in and pick it up, then you're reducing those margins. So where where else are you going to make profit? So this is where it starts going, well, I can have a robot make a pizza dough and toss the dough and and run it through the oven. And so there's from the technology perspective, I think there needs to be some balance. There, there needs to be a, a little bit of a balancing act. And we've got a long way to go to find what that sweet spot is. Yep. I think the other thing that's going to be interesting, and, and we can pick on McDonald or on a, a Domino's a little bit, is that as artificial intelligence comes out uh, in these systems that we're talking about here, that they'll be able to sense, for example, you know, Domino's as well as most restaurants are are really in, you know trying to the consistency is such a big deal to them, right? That the pizza is always that pepperoni pizza is always right. going to be the same because this is the experience that the customer wants. If they're going to order a pepperoni pizza from from Domino's. This is what they expect to have. Well, imagine that if an artificial intelligence can monitor that pizza is going through the pizza oven and they're like, oh, it's cooking a little bit faster. Let's turn the temperature down just a little bit or whatever and adjust as it goes along so that 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 consistency becomes even better and better and better. But that's a place where you can take out the human error factor because having managed several pizza places while in college, uh, that was the big thing. Godfathers or some other ones right. that, that I'd manage and, and you gotta have twenty six pieces of pepperoni on a pepperoni pizza. You gotta have this much cheese, you have to have these many mushrooms. And if somebody's busy and throwing together a pizza uh at a crush time, do, do you get that consistency? Right. Whereas a robot or artificial intelligence monitoring that, you're gonna get that consistency yeah. Yeah. time and time again. And then what about delivery as well? I mean, the efficiencies of delivery, whether it's a human driver or an artificial intelligence that's going to be driving the vehicle now, will get better too because, you know, it's it's no different. If you have three pizzas, you're going back to the pizza shop and there's three pizzas to be delivered, you know, the odds are going to be pretty good that they're going to lay out a route for you now to deliver those next three pizzas as opposed to just grabbing the next one and going. Oh, that was because that thing efficiency with, is yeah, a big deal there. Yeah, that was the big thing with delivery drivers is, okay, how do you route this? So when you're doing deliveries, are you getting them all in the same neighborhood because you don't want somebody having to drive across town? So you're trying to get as efficient as possible. Exactly. If you've got artificial intelligence doing that. It'll know this for you. It, it, it's kind of back the old school. I, I can't remember if it was FedEx or if it was um, uh, UPS, but one of them had a mandate. I, th- I think it was FedEx at the time. And this goes back 15 years. They were trying to fight efficiencies in delivery and no left turns. You had to route the drivers did the routing. You had to route, and, and the computer, the GPS in the vehicle monitored it and went back to a, a central hub, and, and they kept an eye on that, but no left turns because that's not efficient use of time for delivery. So you had to do a route so you could only make right-hand turns, and they found that they were much more efficient doing that. Um, now you're looking at bigger cities as well, but 
it, it did trickle down into some pretty small cities. Now, you know, a community like Bismarck Mandan probably works so well. Yeah, yeah. you're going to have outliers. Yeah. But in bigger cities where you're doing more volume, yeah, you could you could increase the efficiency a great deal. I'll deliver pizzas, but I only can make right turns. <laughs> I wonder if I would. I wonder if I get hired for that. As opposed to as opposed to that character on Gilligan's Island, wrong way Feldman. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> funny. Funny stuff. Always the wrong direction. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, there, we've taken efficiencies in a lot of spaces as far as we could, and then there's always new innovation where. Now we have that opportunity because I look at things a lot from, okay, where we're at right now, let's look at a problem or an issue from the other perspective. And we as people always don't look at other perspectives. So we have a hard time going from this side of a problem and attacking it from the other side. And that's where artificial intelligence, I think, can have a great benefit and a great usefulness as a tool for society. Yep, I agree. I agree. So there's a lot of other businesses that we're going to delve into here. You know, my next one is like in the office. So I really want to get into that. And you're tuned to the Tech Ranch. On the Tech Ranch, let's rejoin Marlo and Steve as they guide us through the fascinating world of technology. But before we get into other workplaces, I think we're missing some things with restaurants. Yeah, we, we went down a rabbit hole with fast food. Didn't well, we? you and I go down a lot of yeah, rabbit holes. We do. But uh, yeah, we did go down the fast food route um, in a couple different spaces. But going back to the restaurant stuff, so we, we talked about the, the QR codes and the menus right. and getting rid of that. But uh, how often... How long before you just order at your table? Because there's some there's some technology that's out there now. Because there's also technology that you just pay your bill at the table, right? Uh, or a server will hand you uh, this little computer that you just punch everything right in at the table. They don't have to take your card back. And you know, there's some security things involved with that. And there's uh, the technology and the convenience. Some of this I view as a good thing. Some of it. I go to a restaurant for the ambiance, for yep. the experience, and this the social side of things. So you're having you're going to have a problem with the robotic server. I, 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 unless they're really good conversationalists or somebody I want to engage because it's about the experience. So my wife and I'll go out to a restaurant and we'll sit down and it's the ambiance. It's everything that includes the conversation with the server and finding out what the specials are and them doing their job. Um, now the other side of that is one of the, my biggest frustrations at a restaurant because my time's valuable. Um, it, it's not even when you get seated and it, it, they're busy, they're slammed. I understand that. And it takes a while for the server to get over to you. It's when you're done with your meal and the ability to pay and leave. So the little computer that's at the table that you can just pay your bill and walk out the door. I like that because now I'm not stuck at a table killing time, making idle chit chat, right? Trying to leave. It's like it, so, it has crossed my mind at some restaurants. You know, 
I couldn't be held guilty for dining and dashing because they didn't bring me the bill. Right. I, it, it, that drives me nuts. Yeah. I, it just drives me nuts. So I can mitigate that or I can go to a restaurant that that can be mitigated at. So I see a lot of other spaces, but I don't want to see servers go away. I really don't. So you have a problem with the robot coming up to your table, scanning you. Oh, it's Steve Bakken. Oh, he Refer- always refer- orders. Referencing your social media and noticing that you're ordering filet of fishes the last six Fridays in a row, and now it's Good <laughs> Friday. So it knows all this information, and then it goes, Mr. Bakken, thank you for joining us today at the restaurant. Here's we have order. We have fish on sale today. Because it knows all this stuff about you, okay, and you've never intrusive. never been in the restaurant before. Wow. Okay. You do you have that a problem with there. that? Yeah, I do. Oh, okay. And, and well, I'll take a half a step back. I guarantee you, this I, is I have where this really is going. bad habit because I'll look at the menu, and, and we go to our favorite restaurants for our favorite meals most often. Yep. And I'll go to a restaurant. And I'm like, oh, that looks good. That looks good. That look. And then you order the same thing you always right, order. Right. So maybe on that level. I could be okay with, oh, I'm at the walrus and I order this every time yeah. and and that's the, my go-to there or this restaurant and that's my go-to. I would probably, it would take me a while, but I would be okay with sliding into, oh, well, here's your usual order, but we have this special. Would you like to consider this or do you want your usual because there's also something to be said about you go to your little greasy spoon cafe or you walk into the little cottage or Freets or Ohms and they know you and they know what you order every time. Yeah, well, I think the Th- there's a balance. Is, I think the biggest thing with that, especially when you're with people and they walk and you walk up and they're like, Mr. Bakken, would you like your usual today? I mean, there's just something about yeah. that that that. Whatever you want to call it, that it's the customer service side yeah, of things, yeah. and I'm not going to get customer service like that from a robot, I or at least not from the point where I feel that I need to tip you on your ability to do your job well. So this is where I, I think you can get the same level of service from a robot. It's just that it's not special. That it's not like an individual right. that actually remembered who you are. You know that the robot is pulling this information because it did a connection. Because yeah, yeah, because it just it's getting the information gathered because it did a uh, facial scan of you and now it knows who you are and it's gathering all this information about you. We're becoming more and more of a customer service society. So if you start taking away those avenues for us to interact with customer service, I think that's also a downside of some of the AI options out there or some of the technology that's coming. It. We need that interaction on a human level. Yep. And honestly, I'm not going to tip a robot unless it makes me mad and I'll tip it over. But that, that's – I'm not going to tip a robot. Wow. Interesting. And then – Because you know that's still going to be an option on – Right. On but we've also seen where AI has gotten frustrated with people not asking it the right questions. Right. And it responds angrily – and now if I have this robot at this restaurant that didn't get tipped and it's mad at me because I didn't tip the robot, I'm like... Ooh. I was telling all its robot friends who you are. Yeah. So what do I need to do? Bring a, a quart of 40 weight? To, is that how you tip a robot? <laughs> I, seriously. Paradigm shifts that we haven't... You know you're not supposed to make me laugh today, right? <laughs> 
<laughs> How do you tip a robot? Yeah. Because are you t- at that point, are you tipping the robot or are you tipping the establishment? Well, then that's the thing. You'll have to make a, a choice. And I do believe that that there will be, you know, 5, 10, 15 years from now, there'll be restaurants that'll be advertising about the fact that there's, their wait staff is fully human. Won't that be hilarious? Right, because you want to have that interaction with people, and, and it's whatever, marketing, right? It's it's a niche. But I also believe that will be the same with banks and attorney or law firms and whatever. There will be this boutique, boutique, whatever you want to say it. Is it boutique? Yeah, boutique industry, right? Help me out here. Depends if you got flair. Boutique. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's true. Very boutique. good. Boutique. You're but, you're kind of a boutique kind of guy. I'm Marlo. a boozy kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm making you laugh now. Uh, but yeah, I think that uh, you'll have these type of businesses that'll flourish because they're after the human to human interaction that goes on. But there are people, I have to admit sometimes. But we've seen this in other industries. It, it, the society we are and we are becoming is people will pay for good service. We're a customer service industry. So are you going to pay a little extra if this favorite restaurant of yours employs humans versus robots? Right, right. Yeah, because it's the customer service. But I you want. have the other side it's of that equation, ambience. too. Have you ever called somebody? See, I'm okay with fast food if it's a fast food. Or, right. You know, because now you're talking expediency. But again, going back to a restaurant, expediency I'm s- and efficiency and efficiency. That's the thing about fast food. Right. right. I, I expect that. I do. It's too. fast food. I do, too. If I'm going to a restaurant and sitting down with my wife, it's about the ambiance. It's the setting. It's us relaxing, not being in a rush, not uh, unless we're trying to catch a movie later, which, by the way, that's going home now to catch yeah, that isn't movie. Isn't that funny but, how that yeah, is? Yeah. It's weird. My so, wife's got this crazy thing. It's like with, she's like, we don't have to go to the theater. It's cheaper to watch the. I'm like, I but it's the, the experience. Theater. I just miss. The I miss theater. the experience. I There's, do too. You can't watch Top Gun and Top Gun Two on a little screen, right? So have have you ever called somebody and then they actually answer the phone and you're disappointed? Yes. Okay. So. This is kind of what's interesting to me about this is because you say that because you wanted to leave a voicemail because there is efficiency in that and all that good stuff. Uh, but well, as some a result, other reasons I well, just want to talk to you. That is true. I had true. Yeah, and you're listening to the Tech Ranch. Super Talk 12 where technology comes alive. Let's dive back into the conversation with Marlo and Steve. And don't forget to check out thetechranch.com for more. So why are you disappointed when somebody answers the phone normally? Well, it depends on why I was calling him. All right. So you're calling me. Hey, my kid just broke your window. So I, I, I would rather leave my neighbor a voicemail for that. Okay. Uh, I almost said answering machine, but no. Yes. Uh, but there are some conversations you just don't want to have or for expediency. You just, oh, if I talk to this person, I'm going to be on the phone for a half hour with them. and Just leave a message. You know, so, yeah, there are occasions that it's nicer to not have a conversation with somebody. I can just leave them a message. Have you? But also I text, too, and, and texting is usurped leaving a message quite right, often. Right. So how about dealing with a company then? Are there times, let's say you're, 
your internet is down or your cable is down or whatever, do you prefer to call the company or yes. do you go to their website and talk to them through a chat bot? No, chat I, I, I usually try to call. Which you do. Most times now it's a chat bot of a different – can I get a, a person? Can I get a person? Yeah. Can I get a person? And about, after about eight of them, you might actually get a person. So the reason I'm bringing this up, so I, I'm the other way. I will actually go onto their website and hope to find a chat window of some kind that I can talk. Because you don't want to talk to people. Well, I don't want to go through the tunnel or the the funnel that they take you through on the phone a lot right. of times. So I sometimes think that if I just go and I can talk to somebody directly or at least more directly when I'm in a chat window on their website than I do by going through, hearing through all the automated stuff. You know what I do sometimes? What do you do? <laughs> Just for that reason, if you Google hacks and and you can find the hacks for Sam calling the cable company or the phone company or an airline, yeah, and you can find out which prompt to push to go straight to a oh, person yes. instead of going through the funnel. And most of them, I will have do that. that. Yeah. Yes, I've, the, I've tried to hit zero a yeah, couple times, no, and it doesn't always work. They, they all got rid of that. It's yeah. like pound pound zero four two boom, and hey. I'm right to a supervisor who's a real person. I didn't know this. Yeah, you, there, there's hacks for that. That's a good piece of information yes. to know. So, so Google that, So everybody. I will go online and do that right, sometimes. Right, Interesting. Well, the thing I'm getting at here, I guess, is that, you know, all these other things, these way that these By ways the way, you know where funnels go? Into the rabbit hole. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. So we're kind of being trained already to accept this yeah. other... Cumed no. is the word I like to use. Yeah. We're being cumed yeah. into a central path. And, you know, restaurants is, is certainly, to me, that's the, the first place. But, but Well, we talked about the pickup, the, the, uh, the deliveries, the onlines, the, you know, all of that streams into the same current, the same flow. Yep. Whether you're calling a DoorDash or a uber eats or whatever it is it's all streaming to the same place because that's where they're trying to take us and you know you can take it all to you know this customer experience uh at least during the pandemic you know it was getting easier and easier and easier to order things online and have it delivered to you or if you go to the store they just bring it out to you you know so in the future i believe that these the the era of superstores, I think, is coming to an end. Well, look at the big box stores. What, so, what do you need the space for anymore? Because there's nobody in them. Well, and now, you know, how everybody goes to the Walmart or Target. And, right. And they look for, okay, where's the closest parking spot? My wife's horrible at this. She will drive around. I'm like, we could have been in there by now. Yes. Just park. I'll walk. We need the steps, you know. Just park. I'm at. I'm always at the end of the parking lot. Yeah, too. I, I, I park do it too. Go. Park yep. it too. And but now you have to because take a look at all the parking spaces up by the door that are no longer general parking. Right. They're not even handicap parking anymore. Yes, it's they for are for spot one, two, three, yep. four, five, six through twenty five yep. of online pickup. Yep. And you're going to come in, you're going to punch a number, and somebody's going to take your order out to you. Or in the future, this robot's going to take your order right. out to you. Well, that's what they're grooming us for, actually. It's just going to be a robot that's going to be. Or these Walk carts through are going the to stores be. Yeah. And, and see where 
How many times do you have a little difficulty getting down an aisle? Because it used to be somebody was stocking a shelf. Right. Now it's somebody's picking an order picking off of an a order. shelf for somebody else. And that's actually, especially during the daytime, uh, you'll go into these places and they're like, oh, my goodness, there's so many people running around in here. It's just their staff it's picking staff. orders, yeah. getting ready for when they're going to get crushed at 5 o'clock that night or whatever. Okay, so, so now let's extrapolate that a little bit. The front end of a box store has always been the piece where you've got people coming in and the aisles and the products and less of an onus on the backside of that box store. Right. The backside of that box store, the bigger warehouse space, because we're going to save time by not having, we're going to have one or two items out on the floor and we're going to save time because people are ordering things online and we're not going to take the time to put it out to the front of the store. It's just going to stay in the warehouse space in the back. And now we're not going to have this clutter of people going through and picking out these items. Oh, by the way, we can, isn't that what Amazon's been doing for a while now? Yep. It's about the warehouse space and picking those orders rather than the front of a box store where you're going through and physically picking out the, now you're saving the, oh, we got to put it out on the shelf to take it off of the shelf. And what I, it's a what small I, space. What I love about this, right, is that all of these companies are, are basically shrinking their, their footprint, moving to more warehouse type of scenarios to compat, to compete with Amazon and Amazon on the other side is developing retail stores now, right. which is hilarious. They're, they're unlike anything that's out there because you, if you have the app, you can go in. You don't have to pay for anything; it just automatically gets deducted and whatever. So, great example locally: Shields. If if you walk into Shields in Bismarck, Shields now has a very very much smaller footprint for their shoe department. Because it's more space in the back for the warehouse right, side of right. stuff. So they shrunk that space. Yep, yep. I think what we're going to see is instead of these massive stores, which prior to COVID we'd grown into. Yep. And, and I used to do some work with Cabela's back in the day. And at 270,000 square foot retail yeah, space, mega we're not going to see that anymore. Yeah, I don't think so either. We, we might see the warehouse space for that for product delivery. But you right. got to remember... And, and when I worked with Cabela's, that was a different aspect because the Cabela's brothers built these showpieces. That was an online store originally yep. that started online. It was about the warehouse and then the delivery system. And then they started with the showpieces. And now we're seeing that entire industry, uh, no matter what the box is, we're seeing we're going to see those shrink. They're going to start coming back to, well, what's manageable? So. You could have, going back to Shields, great example, uh, ordered a pair of shoes that happened to have been on sale, and they didn't have my size. And I'm like, okay, so does it come into the store, and then somebody calls me to pick it up because that's what it had been? No, whichever store happens to have the size that will fill your order first, and it'll ship right to your house. Yep. Uh, so they didn't even task a certain, oh, we've got this at this store, we'll get it here, and then... Oh no, which here's a flag and somebody's in charge of fulfillment and they're going to ship it to me. Okay. Little paradigm shift. Yep. It Incre- incremental paradigm shift. It wouldn't even surprise me to start seeing like Walmart and Target and whatever. 
these neighborhood stores that they de- they have developed over the last few years, last decade or whatever, that are smaller footprint, but they don't have the big mega store type of thing. Well, Walmart's just, been doing that for with grocery space. Yes. They've got Walmart, yes. just grocery and some hygiene products, and it's a much smaller footprint. Right. To me, what will be the next evolution will be just warehouses. You order online, and they'll have 25 spots, repeat, like what you're talking about at the front of the store. The parking lot won't even be that big. It's so just you're getting me be, excited now because I love Ikea. Yes. Kind of along those lines. But Ikea has a, a huge footprint. They can't get rid of the meatballs. Yeah, the, you got to keep the meatballs. Oh, my goodness. I swear. And the berries. This is, this is so yeah. – when I, when I go to Vegas now, I mean, <laughs> Ikea is like as far away in Vegas as from where I stay when I'm working down there. And uh, got to go, don't I, you? I, I, I don't know. My car just automatically goes there. I've noticed that the last is, four is or five Is that because times. you're driving an autonomous vehicle and it knows that, oh, Marlo's in the car, let's take him that to used, Ikea? That, that is, used is to that be it? In-N-Out Burger, by the way. I'd, I'd get into my car from the airport, Ooh, and the yeah. very first stop would be at this In-N-Out Burger. I don't stop there as often because the car seems to be going more towards Ikea lately. Okay, so, so now let's extrapolate this out because you were talking about the Walmart specifically yes. and, and what that footprint looks like. We are yep. talking about the footprints. And when you start going back to, I'll use Portland, Oregon as a great example. Walmart's closed all their stores in Portland. I did not know this. Because of the shoplifting, the violence, the crime. Interesting. Wait a minute. So now we don't have that human interaction coming into the stores, so there's not an element of... Order online. Wait a minute. Yeah. We can get rid of the entire security department... That is, they're monitoring cameras and walking through stores to, okay, now you're cutting down overhead. Yeah. So yeah. If, if you've got, you just eliminated the crime. You've eliminated shoplifting. So, so loss I, prevention they, they would just be, went away. They would be the perfect Loss place. prevention yes. is expensive it, when it, it comes to retail. Actually, they depending on the places, that in. it's they, usually they about 5 to, to 10%. Yeah. It's expensive. So now you just took that overhead right, out. Right, right. And the ability to operate in locations that they probably were afraid to operate what? before. And how many of so. these places do you see that don't even have a checker anymore? They'll have one person right. monitoring right. the self-checkout, the self-checkout right. kiosks. Right. And think of the security involved with that. Well, it always has one. I've, I've been curious is if the uh, amount of loss has gone up a little bit, but they offset it because they don't have as much labor involved. Because right. I have to imagine that the, the loss has gone up a little bit. It's pretty uh, to me. It would be pretty easy to slip something extra into a bag or something. Well, and, and every now and then you see in the news somebody. It's like, oh, you paid ninety nine cents for that luggage, right? Right, because <laughs> so, you rang something. Okay, but they get caught. Yeah, it, it, don't think there's not a camera. Oh yeah, they're being that, watched. Yeah, it, constantly eyes yep. everywhere. Yeah. So we started with. Workplace. Right? I'm not really it, sure it, where we started, actually. But we, yes, we did yeah. start with workplace. Workplace. On this. And, and I wanted to bring something into this medium. Yes. So you take a look at broadcasting. I've been in broadcasting for far too long, and I've watched the iterations of technology and broadcasting and what it's done. I, I remember back in the day having to change 
reel to reels on syndicated program, like big say, reels of tape. It hasn't changed much in this room. Well, no, in this studio, it, it has not. But but if you take a look at, at where you can import voices from and right. the different technology of uh, is somebody actually live in the studio or is it recorded? Is somebody actually live in the market or are they not in the market? Yeah. Um, it's hard to differentiate that. It, it is hard to differentiate. Yeah. Now let's go to AI just in this medium. Uh, and I've heard examples of different celebrities or like me, the like you, I have or, my own AI voice, you know, you do. I do. And do you have it with you today? I don't have it with me today, but on national day radio, for example, which I introduced you to not too long ago, some of the breaks and that type of thing in there are done via me without me recording that. It's back in the day of, is it live or is it memorized? Yes. Yeah, it's hard to tell sometimes if it's an AI voice. But that brings up some other security issues, too. So you start talking workplace and, okay, am I going to be replaced sometime because uh, somebody knows, uh, okay, theoretical, hypothetical, uh, I'm I'm a very popular voice on the radio. Yep. And they want to replicate that. Right. But I'm not around anymore. I, I moved on, but they want to retain this. Okay, so where I'm going with this is James Earl Jones. Yeah. Who or signed a signed contract a yeah. for, he will always be Darth Vader. Yep. Whether he's around or not. Yep. But he will always be Darth, because AI can replicate his, you'll never know. You'll never know. And doing it already. Doing it already. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of scary. And actually, well, it's it's good in that instance. I love the fact that... So workplace and applications in certain workplaces matter. That's yes. where I was going with this. Yeah, it really does. But it can go the other way, too. You know, I was going to get into this a little bit later in the show, but since you got, you sent this to this place, we'll get back to the workforce stuff with AI in a little bit. But the AI voice scams that are going on right right now oh yeah, is unbelievable. It really is. And uh, I think now is the perfect time to, to get into that, isn't it? Well, I, you know, I always answer the phone different. Hello? Yes. Hello? 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 Super Talk 12 Scratch. We're thrilled to have you with us as we continue exploring living with technology alongside Marlo and Steve. Hello, 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 hello. Part of the reason I do that, Marlo, and answer the phone differently every time, I, and I'm very careful not to say too much. I don't know if it's artificial intelligence that is calling me. Have you because had this I, happen to you before already? Well, I've heard stories and. How many times do you get a phone call from, for some strange reason, it's like the three same towns in North Dakota. Uh, but how often do you get a phone call that it's just, there's nothing there, it doesn't answer? Right. It, is it recording your voice? Right. Because is it going to use your voice for a scam later? Yes. So you're tuned to the tech ranch and we're talking about artificial intelligence. And, you know, that's the dark side of AI is the ability to Oh, is it live or is it Memorex? I, I don't know if I'm talking to my grandmother because was her voice recorded and I'm now being scammed because grandma needs me to pay her parking ticket for her. Okay, forget the fact she's been dead for four years, uh, but so do, this do is, they have her voice? This is what's going on right now. So you can go, uh, and I'll just pick on YouTube. Let's say you've got a lot of YouTube videos up, right? They can extrapolate your voice 
drop it into an AI voice synthesizer and train it so that it sounds like the person that they're training it to be. Yeah, it's the inflections, the manner. All of that, right? It's not, and it's kind of the difference between thinking analog and digital. It's not a bunch of chopped up words that they're piecing together to try to form a sentence. That's correct. It's making the sentence. Yes. So it's just training you and all. It's training itself and all this stuff. Once that training is complete, which used to take maybe a half hour or an hour, and, and in some instances probably still does, but they're just setting it and, and leaving it until it's done. So that they, And then they'll go and do another one, another one, another one, another one, so they'll get all these done. And so then I'm all they have to now do is... Because we were talking food and restaurants, so it's, it's, now it's I'm into food and right, energies. Right, right. Yeah, it's got to cook. But all they have to do now is just, just uh, I get a phone call, and it sounds like it's my daughter. And she's crying. She's in trouble. She needs bail. She needs whatever. She's been kidnapped. All this stuff is now possible and is happening. Okay, now I'm thinking about kids because I was thinking about um, you know, chat GPT and, and the educational side of things where they're a little worried about kids writing papers and things like that because it'll learn your writing style. Right. And now you've got me thinking the voice thing. It's like, okay, so you're a high school kid at a raging party, but you can set your phone to call your mom and check in and, yeah, mom, we're fine. We're just at the movies. I'm over at my friends. It's 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 possible. It's possible, and could actually interact with. You can get AI to crawl out the basement window for you, right? Yeah, all right. right. So that's interesting <laughs> as well. But the one thing I want to tell everybody is that if these type of scenarios happen, you should have you should have a visit with the people in your family and your friends, and you should all establish a safe word. It's the easiest way to. to to get around this. Okay, but at some point, can artificial intelligence figure out your safe word? Not if you've never shared it with anybody, but a few people. Pick something that you pick something that's on the wall that you're looking at it, a picture or something. That's something that's so not that's interesting obvious. though. So that would be like they say with uh, your computer password. Yeah, pick a phrase. Yeah, which can be a paragraph in some cases. So pick a phrase. I think right with the people that are around you, you need to pick a safe word because. You're probably going to fall. You're probably going to get these calls, and it's, it's how far out are we from these? Or are they happening it's now? It's happening now. This is already happening. People, it just will get more prolific uh, as they start to dial in on the scam a little bit. But they're fearful. You know, you're going to get a call that your daughter's been kidnapped, and all of a sudden they'll put your daughter on the phone, and and your daughter's going crazy. Well, this is all AI that's being that's so. Where's the security side of this? So if if it's possible to have artificial intelligence run a scam like this, then so where, not, where, where's the not artificial really AI running the scam? It's somebody else that's could running be, the though. scam. I mean, yeah, if, I if you think, you if, if you think about it, it, to do that, well, think about how a lot of the scams are set up. So. They don't work on, you know, hey, we're extorting this pipeline company for a half a billion dollars. They don't, most of them don't work like that. Yeah, they work on on volume. I I got 150 bucks out of this. I got $20 out of this. It's volume. Yeah. So at what point could they set up those scams because they're working on volume that they're going to blanket everybody? Yeah. You know, but, so the security but, side on the back side, it's like how long before there's a filter on my phone or an app that I download that 
is artificial intelligence to counteract the artificial intelligence. So there'll be some of that. I agree. I think that there will be some of that. Uh, but right now, and I think you know, more high-profile people are going to fall victim to this because it does take time to train some, you know, an AI to fake your voice. This isn't something that can just Hello. happen. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Hello. So they're just not going to be able to randomly start pulling people out of a, you know, quote unquote phone book or a list of phone numbers and start randomly calling them. Because well, I'll go as far back as to, you know, answering phones. I used to go, yes, or I'm cognizant now when if I do get a call and I'm not sure which I don't say yes or no. I don't say yeah. I I, I don't say things that could be replayed and or and, or potentially get you in some legal yes. situation because you said yes to it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So hopefully nobody's recording yeah. this radio program. Yeah, because a lot of times it'll start like like uh, is this is this Steve Bakken? Yes. Oh, now they've just correct. recorded you saying yes. yes. But we've got you signing up for this right timeshare thing. Right. I, I don't ever say yes. Yeah. That's a very good policy. Yeah. I, that's. Yeah. It, it, okay. To people people it, that you don't know. Am I being overly sensitive? Maybe a little bit, but. but I, am I being I, paranoid, Marlo? I, I don't think. I think these are good protocols to have in place when you're picking up a phone and you don't recognize the phone number. And this is the thing. I mean, you know, like me, for example. I get phone calls from people I don't know or that I don't have their phone number in my phone all the time, but I'm expecting a phone call like from me. a particular – yeah, like you. <laughs> uh, but, but I'm expecting a phone call from a potential client or whatever, and they have my number, but it's not into my phone yet. So I'll answer the phone, and sometimes it is a scammer you know, because I just pick up because I'm expecting a phone call from somebody. And uh, nothing's more aggravating than that, of course. But I think it's I think it's okay to be hyper careful. Yeah, would be the word, and and to make sure that if you're talking to your daughter and there's something frantic going on, to ask for the safe word or have a special thing that you have in place so that you know that you can identify this person. Uh, I just think that those are really really important things. Well, to and you go right back now. to the educational side of things within a family group and a family unit, but. You know, take a look at what uh, just rolled out in the state of North Dakota this last week. Um, kids are going to have to learn cybersecurity. Right, right. So we're getting there. We're preparing that next generation. Whether or not they listen is entirely <laughs> different subject matter. But, but it, it is actually exciting. But it's laying the groundwork for yeah. what's coming in the future. Yeah. So, and, and I feel good about that from a security perspective because that that's, that's important. Yeah. Yeah, and let's not even get into, you know, uh, another question or another thing we should talk about probably in this space. Why are we, we're really focusing more on the bad than the good today, which, which I, I guess is okay. I watch too many movies. I we, guess it's okay. We talked about that at the beginning. I, I watch too many movies that bad things happen. Yeah. You know, yeah. the Matrix and. But Terminator. I'm sure you've heard of the term deep fakes, right? Right. Yeah, so that's what's next. This is the Pet Minute. I'm Steve Dale with animal news from around the world. 
Next, your dog loves going to the dog park and seeing his buddies. Maybe sometimes when you travel, he gets to hang out with friends at his favorite boarding facility. Social dogs like yours need more protection than most. By pairing Bordetella Protection, also known as Kennel Cough, with immunity against canine influenza, we can help ensure these dogs stay healthy. Merck Animal Health wants you to talk with your veterinarian about pairing up for protection with vaccines for your dog for kennel cough and the canine influenza virus. Don't wait. Vaccinate. The San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance recently received a Guinness World Record title for the oldest living Pacific pocket mouse in human care to honor nine-year-old Pat, named for actor Sir Patrick Stewart. Want to further impress your friends? Well, a fun Pacific pocket mouse fact? It's the smallest U.S. mouse species weighing about the same as three pounds. For the Pet Minute, I'm Steve Dale. Hello, North Dakota. Joe Giganti, host of the regular Joe Show, now heard weeknights 9 to midnight here on Super Talk 1270. Together we'll tackle the hottest topics, be it politics, entertainment, or the culture, unapologetically through the lens of true conservatism, all while remembering to laugh and have a little bit of fun. You know, live life boldly. The regular Joe Show, weekday evening starting at 9 on Super Talk 1270 and the free Super Talk 1270 mobile app. Welcome to the School for Startups Minute with Jim Beach. John Baldoni is one of the top five thought leaders in the entire United States. He has a new book out called Grace Under Pressure. I'll share his incredible suggestion right after this. If you want to learn more about low-risk, zero-creativity entrepreneurship, please check out the full-length version of the School for Startups Minute at schoolforstartupsradio.com. The radio show and podcast won the Small Business Administration Media Award and features amazing guests, billionaires, millionaires, and their stories, thought leaders and their insights on leadership, personal growth and starting businesses, practitioners teaching best practices on SEO, net marketing, fundraising, and operations, all filtered through the knowledge that anyone can become a successful entrepreneur. Check out schoolforstartupsradio.com. Here are John's thoughts on being a great leader. Uh, right now, we've been through some very contentious times, certainly with the pandemic. And um, my this is an attempt to give uh, a little bit of muscle to grace. So what do I mean? So when times of change or crisis strikes, what do we do? What do leaders do? One, they take care of their people. Two, they take care of themselves. Three, they prepare for the future. I argue that they have to do one thing more, and that's create a sense of community. But you act with kindness, generosity, respect for others, but also uh, compassion. Learn more at schoolforstartupsradio.com. Hey, fans. This is Lane Sedevy, your head coach and general manager of your Bismarck Bobcats. You're listening to Super Talk 1270, the radio home of Bobcat hockey. It may not require a textbook, but it's filled with valuable lessons. It may not take place in a classroom, but it's an ideal environment for learning. It may not involve a diploma, but it can help prepare North Dakota's young people for life. It's high school sports. High school sports can play a critical role in a student's overall education. In fact, studies show that students that participate in high school sports are more likely to enjoy greater levels of achievement in their academic lives. If you think high school sports are only about competition, think again. Better yet, think about attending a high school sporting event in your community. You'll be amazed by what you see. High school sports, a winning part of a complete education. 
This message presented by the North Dakota High School Activities Association and the North Dakota Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. AM Mandan Bismarck, a Town Square media station, broadcasting from the View Community Credit Union Studio. Here's the latest from ABC News. I'm Sherry Preston. Democrats weighing in on a Texas judge's ruling outlawing the most commonly used abortion drug in the country, Mifepristone. Senator Patty Murray from Washington State claiming it's part of a bigger plan. Well, let me spell it out for folks. Republicans want to ban abortion everywhere, from Seattle to New York. The Texas judge ruling that the FDA should not have been allowed to authorize the use of the drug, which has been on the market for more than 20 years. Following that ruling, another judge in Washington state effectively ruled that the first judge's decision was not valid, ordering the status quo remain in effect. The Justice Department investigating how top-secret Pentagon documents and photos were leaked and posted online. ABC News has learned that back in early March, dozens of classified documents were published online. They included sensitive details about China, North Korea, Iran's nuclear program, and the war in Ukraine. Some of these documents appear to be photos of slides from March 1st, showing how the U.S. and NATO were helping Ukraine in its fight against Russia. Include details about casualty numbers, training schedules, and weapons deliveries and a battle map of the key Ukrainian city of Bakhmut. ABC White House correspondent Karen Travers. Pope Francis attending Easter vigil. The Pope arriving in a wheelchair but standing much of the time. He was recently hospitalized for bronchitis. In Jerusalem, Christians, Jews and Muslims have gathered in the holy city for overlapping holidays. However, violence has marred some of it. Officials say a shooter opened fire in the West Bank, killing two British-Israeli sisters, their mother critically wounded. This, as Israel sees some of its worst violence in decades. Clashes erupting this week at the Al-Aqsa Mosque in Jerusalem's Old City after Israeli police raids on one of Jerusalem's holiest sites. That's ABC's Inez de la Quatera in Jerusalem. You're listening to ABC News. Super Talk 1270, Bismarck Area Weather. With your forecast, I'm Corey Hartman. For today, partly sunny, a high near 38. Partly cloudy tonight, lows around 25. Mostly sunny and 46 on Sunday. Mostly clear, 29 Sunday night. For Monday, mid-50s and breezy, upper 50s and sunshine for Tuesday, 51 Wednesday. Try Grandpa's Barbecue Sauce, made from an original family recipe. GrandpasBBQShop.com. Currently 33 degrees. News, talk, and sports for Bismarck Mandan. Super Talk 1270. Portions of the following program are pre recorded. Welcome to the Tech Ranch, where we explore the world of living with technology. Get ready to take a deep dive into the latest gadgets, apps, and innovations with your hosts, the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson, and his trusty co-host, Steve Botkin. Join us on this exciting journey, and don't forget to visit thetechranch.com for even more exclusive content. Now, without further ado, let's welcome Marlo and Steve to the Tech Ranch. So are you familiar with deep fakes? We're not talking about fake breasts. No. Okay. No. No. 
All right, I, I got Marlo speechless. That, that doesn't happen often, folks. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I sometimes never know where you're going with these things. So, uh, d- deep fake. So, yeah, so it's, it's a fake video. Yeah, well, it, we actually heard about that uh, a lot uh, leading up to political races. Yeah. And then, uh, that was kind of the space in social media. Yeah. So in the past, I mean, this has been around for a few years, but it was very expensive. You know, you needed to invest in probably hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of software and had and have to have millions Hollywood <laughs> type of equipment and all this stuff to pull this stuff off, right? Now, um, pretty much anybody can afford to do this. And you've so Tom Cruise, pick on Tom Cruise a little bit, but there's there's a gentleman um running around on TikTok that does all these Tom Cruise videos and it's just a deep fake. You know, and and uh, does these crazy antiques or whatever? Not Tom Cruise, but you would not. It would be really, really difficult, actually. To so tell I have a the question for you. But he, he is the younger Tom Cruise, uh-huh. so there's that, I guess. But Tom's older than you think. Yeah, he is. Uh, yeah. So, so that brings up a great question. Then CGI. Yeah. So going from CGI to where AI can just boom done uh, with these deep fakes, what's the difference? We're, we're is it the same path, or was there a schism yeah. in technology? It's, it's, so CGI has been around for a while, yeah. and, and it's improving constantly. So great example, Carrie Fisher wasn't around for the last of the Star Wars. Right. And CGI, and they she was there. She was so, there. So probably the best example would be, um, and let's talk about politics for a little bit. So our current president, Joe Biden, right? So... You could do a deep fake. He's sitting at some presidential meeting. Is this the earlobe thing? No, I haven't okay. seen the earlobe right. thing. Well, I'm just there's making, pictures of him with earlobes and without earlobes. So I'm just making like, stuff oh. up, right? So he's he's sitting there, and then a deep fake would have him say something that he didn't say. Looks like he's at this event, and he says this thing. And it takes, and then it's released to the wild, right? Something that uh, you wouldn't expect a president to say. Let's not go there. <laughs> let's just say we deep fake for that. Wait, wait. Let's just say that 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 uh, that he said one thing, and now they have him saying something else. Well, because he's the sitting president, uh, if he says something about you know interest rates are going to go up a half a percent tomorrow or whatever that he just heard word about this, he didn't say this. Yeah, but you're going to change the market. What do you, yeah, what's going to happen to what's going to happen to Wall Street because the president just said this and it takes and it gets released to the wild. Some news organization picks up on it, amplifies it a little bit, and the next thing you know, Running it's everywhere. Market, yeah. And then it takes a half hour before they can debunk this thing, right? There's it, a window of opportunity right. for all of this. And by this time, the stock market has dropped 500 points. And somebody made a billion Trade, dollars. Trading is over for the day. And here we are. Yep. Much to do without nothing. Yes. So this, and I'm only using this as one example. I mean, you can really get into the political fray with this and, you know, uh, with political ads and all of this other stuff that could go on. But these things have serious ramifications and, you know, as a news organization moving forward, I think they're going to have to have things in place that can verify what the if the video is true or not? You just can't look at a video anymore and say that it's true. Well, it's like that old adage: it's not about being first; it's about being right. Right. And but probably the most journalism because of social media and 
we want that right now. We we want that information. Yes. Get it out there right now because of the the immediacy of social media. That's changed that a little bit. So we need to go back to that. We do have to go back to that. And there was a time not that long ago that if you had video proof of something, that was immiscible in court and all you, of it. Yep. The most damning evidence you could have was video, right? Everything else. Uh, Wait a minute. I think there was a movie about th- <laughs> but but that isn't the case anymore. <laughs> no, it's not. No, because everything can be doctored nowadays. So somehow or another, you know, even even the news news organizations, you know, if there is a video that's being used for uh, you know a trial someplace, I mean, all of these things have to be questioned nowadays. You just can't believe video when you see it online anymore because it's so easy to doctor this stuff. And what's crazy is that I'm saying that now. What's possible a year or two years from now, I, I can't even imagine because we're getting into the space now of AI where you can say create a movie uh, or create a video of Steve Bakken uh, getting eggs from the Easter Bunny and it can create it. It can already do this stuff. That's what's crazy about it. And I can't imagine what this looks like two years from now. So Create a video of Marlo robbing the bank. Yes. And, I was trying to be nice yeah. with you with the Easter Bunny. I, I know, I know how you feel about the Easter Bunny. So, well, and and the prizes you get in those eggs that that you receive Easter. Well, okay, fake eggs, real eggs, or chocolate eggs. That's important. I like the chocolate kind. I like the chocolate kind yeah. too. Okay, so we talk about the politics, and that's the bigger impact. You could change a. a Political campaign and, sure. and and the future of where a country is going or a state or what about deep fakes in terms of things that would affect people in their local little sphere of, of course. life? Why not? So I, I'm asking is, is examples of those because my mind feel, jumps to how, about, how would you feel if picture? seeing your your daughter being kidnapped? And then you get a call about it. Would that add to the authority, the authenticity of the fact that your daughter just was kidnapped, even though your daughter is having a vacation somewhere, you know, in Mexico? I'm just using this as an example. But and and then and you're unable to get a hold of this person because they're on a boat or whatever it is, right? And of course, I mean you can. It, it, um, if you're uh, take it on a good side, don't it, they realize that I've got a very interesting skill set? <laughs> but, you, you could create things yeah. like uh, you know this business is so crazy busy. They're lining up down the street for the coffee that's being served here, and you show right. up and you're like, "There's nobody here. here. Where's everybody?" Right? I mean, that's a great create, example because if you're like, "Oh my things. gosh, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread," and People flock to that. You yes. can manipulate markets yes, that way. You could do that. Local yeah. markets. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Just simple little Wow. Okay. Or the or or the exact opposite. Everybody's flocking over to this place and then there's you know, and you show that there's nothing going on. There's nothing to see here, people, and then you impact it the other way. I mean, there's just so many Make ways. Make a video of your competitor. Yeah. And take them down. 
Yeah. Yeah. There's so many things that can be done with this. It's just, I mean, these are things that you and I are just imagining right now, but there are many, many things that can be done with this. Well, and yeah. you know where my mind goes on a lot of this. Yeah. Okay. So security protocols, things like deep fakes and with AI, um, how do people know the truth? How, how do people know uh, whether it's real or not? How do people, you know, is it that? Am I getting a phone call from a scammer? Right. Is is my daughter okay? Uh, is that really good coffee? Um, how do you know? I, th- I think the thing that you have to do is just don't have knee-jerk reactions to things. You, you you have to be a little more calm-headed about stuff. You know, it's not some it's not about somebody it's something that you know somebody just cuts you off in traffic and you're angry about it or whatever. And now you get this phone call and it I had somebody do that it, the other day. It was just cut you off in traffic, like, dude. It merges. Yeah. It's, you're supposed to merge, but it's just, I, I think it's, that's the thing. You just remain calm and then try to, you know, get a hold of the person. Uh, you know, again, I think having a safe word in place. So if you do get a phone call from verify your daughter everything. that you can verify with a safe word, uh, that this person is claiming who they are and all this good stuff. So there's just some things that you should have in place. Yep. Call 911, your house is on fire. <laughs> well, let me check first. <laughs> well, okay. Okay. But, but, that's, but, that's interesting. But it though. is. Because oh, my goodness. I'm, I never even I'm, thought about I'm going this. to the, it's not legal to yell fire in a theater. Right. But what if there's a fire in the theater? Right. So that's the part I think there's some really dangerous gray area that a lot of people, it's hard to conceptualize. It it's is. hard to think, okay, but and again, you and I are just imagining this stuff. Yeah. Imagine a couple of smart people, right? That were that were nefarious and and coming up with these scenarios. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of things. I'm not saying you're not smart, Steve. Well, actually, be better if we're look. having this conversation over margaritas, but that's okay. Yeah, because you get smarter then, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but I just it's just it, it is just interesting, and I, I'm glad you kind of brought this up. I've never really thought about. What deep fakes could do localized before, but it's that is really interesting. There's a tornado coming, and it, we've seen this rash of, of severe weather right. going on across right. the country. Right. So, if I get a message that there's a tornado coming, I'm gonna go find cover and leave the streets. And right. you know, so, there's some opportunity to, you know, in okay, is there a tornado coming or is there not? And if I'm going to take the time to qualify and verify and, that and statement. And that's the thing. And, do you, or do I, you know, because in, you just, it, just take cover. in some situations you need that. Or you call 911 because your house is on yeah. fire. Yeah, I mean, wow. That, that These are really, really interesting scenarios you're bringing up here. And, and it's not I deep w- state. It's deep Marlowe. Yeah. You know, in those situations, I would err on calling nine one one and and dealing with the consequences later. I suppose. Okay, so if that here's a scenario for yes. it. So you want to commit a crime? You want to rob a bank, and you flood nine one one with all of these calls. So the limited resources of EMS, police, fire, ambulance, right? They're all in one part of town. Right. So you can go do whatever you want over there. Yeah. 
It's kind of like the old uh, joke, uh, you know, you want to rob a bank, go to Green Bay during a Packer game. Sounds like Nobody's Die Hard there. episode, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Seriously. Yeah, but, it's, but, it's a crazy scenario. You can manipulate things like that. Yep. And, yeah. It's April at the Tech Ranch. Getting ready for more amazing tech insights from the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson. So from deep fakes, I guess we were just talking about the impact that they could have on businesses and things. So let's just get into AI, artificial intelligence, and entrepreneurship. So there's a lot of out there that you, and you've told me a little in the past um, from an entrepreneurial part of things. And, and one of the biggest stumbling blocks for young most people think young entrepreneurs is business plans and the mechanics behind the business. And, um, <laughs> you know, that business degree from Harvard, it, it, not everybody gets that. Right. Um, actually the most successful business people probably don't have those degrees. Yeah. You, not always, but, but you don't, a lot of them don't. you don't always need it. Right. It's kind of one of the things that, uh, yeah, I learned a long time ago. Usually the guys in the suits, are working for the people not wearing the suits. Right. And that's the entrepreneurial side yeah. of things. It, yeah. it, the people that took the risk quite often. Um, when you're talking about AI, the ability to put business plans together, to craft marketing plans, things that you didn't go to school for or don't need a degree or didn't get a degree in, that traditionally you did, um, return on investment, you can navigate with artificial intelligence now some of those landmines that might be out for a, a young entrepreneur that you don't know what you don't know. Well, and I think one of the things, and, and I wish I could talk more about the project that I'm working on right now. but You could, but you'd have to kill us all. Something like yeah. that, yeah. But it, it's I know you know about it, and it's pretty cool, isn't it? Right, and, it's and, extremely cool. And it's possible that... How we view this per, this certain sector in you know in business in the world uh, could change because of of what we're working on, but but because it's so different. Well, AI in itself is a massive paradigm shift. It is, unless you watch too many sci-fi movies like me. Yes. So I've used ChatGPT. I haven't been you know. I've, I've, I tell people I use it all the time. I cannot get over the amount of time this has saved me and, and the money as well. Technically, is, is it still in beta? It is still in beta. Okay. But you've got the upgraded. Well, I have version four. I mean, I think everybody now can use version four. Because now they're in pay, well, but they've done a, a so pay there's version like to... ChatGPT plus. And that's what I have, which is just 20 bucks a month. I think there's still a waiting list for it. You have to just hop in and get, and you might wait a week or but two. But you're or special, whatever. so you, I'm special. you got one. Yes. And Marlo has to have this. So I, I, I put all the information from the patent, the, uh, um, idea, the vision behind what I, what I'm doing, all of this stuff into a chat window through ChatGPT. I trained it on everything that I could feed this thing, right? And then I start asking it questions about, do you understand? And it would spit out this stuff about uh, what I'm attempting to do. And anytime I have a question on anything now, I have this artificial intelligence that I can go to and ask questions and get answers back in a way that maybe... I couldn't get from maybe any other human being on the planet right now. 
Now, so we've talked about you. Artificial intelligence will learn your nuances, yes. whether it's a writing style or a speaking style. Uh, and we, easily, and forget them just so quickly, by the way. Okay. Yeah. And it really is not off in some cloud somewhere. Well, I, never su- go I suppose it is. I never really okay. thought about it that way. But, but um, if I trained it in a particular thing and I close that particular window up, yeah. it, and, and if, or if I go to another window and I ask a question about what I have in this other spot, it won't know what I'm talking about. So in this window, you know, learn to speak like I do yes. with a Scottish accent because right. my wife finds that incredibly sexy. Positive application. All yes. right. So the how much training do you have to do? Because the, you, you also have to teach artificial intelligence. Right. So there's that's an interesting back and forth. It is. and But you think about this. I mean, if it takes an hour for me to train or artificial intelligence, all the stuff that I've been working on for the last two years plus, right? And it takes an hour for me to train that AI and then have a conversation with this artificial intelligence. And then from there, extrapolate what a business plan would look like and what my cost of materials might look like and the kind of people I need to hire. I mean, all this stuff that I I don't. I wouldn't even know where to start with some of these things because this idea that I'm working on has no footprint anywhere. And you didn't go to Harvard Business. And I didn't go to Harvard Business for any of this because you're the idea guy, the concept guy. Um, in it, the business side is different. The marketing side is different. That's exactly. where this can uh, accentuate some of the skill set. Yep. This is a great product. One of the things with entrepreneurialism is a lot of people take flyers. And in fact, they built a whole show about that Shark Tank. Um, people will take flyers on things. And for everyone that makes it, a whole lot more fail. Right. And artificial intelligence has the ability to vet out a project, an idea, a product. And, and not be emotional about yes, it. Yes. And that's a so, horrible idea. Because if I, if I were, yeah, exactly. So if I were to come to you and I've, I've yeah, done this This before. isn't going to work. Steve, as but my friend. if you do friend, this, it could right, work. Right, Steve, as my friend, will say, that's an amazing idea. How can I help you? Right? Because you're my friend and you're going to support me. Artificial intelligence could care less. So it'll look at this and it'll say, yeah, it's not going to work this way. You're going to spend a dollar for a widget and you're only going to get 42 cents back. You're never going to make any money. You're going to go backwards, you know. But if you did this, and it'll actually come up with ideas to make it better or what have you. So... Yeah, it's it's really interesting, and I I love the kind of like dad lack of emotion. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. dad dad would always say that. Just like, never you're crazy. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. crazy. What are you doing there? You know. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think you know the the having an AI like, and there are a lot of other companies. By the way, I know we talk a lot about ChatGPT, and and this is the emphasis of this program. We also talked about first out, first in the marketplace, first in. They were the first one that rolled out for at public, this level. At this level, it's just unbelievable. Public usership, right. public access. Right. Now, and there's been just this onslaught of additional AI sense, and we're going to spend some time on other shows going through that. Yeah, there's but a lot of different there is different platforms out yep, there. Yep. Uh, but this is a hot topic right now, and I know that, uh, and that's why we just decided to take this whole hour just to kind of do our own little deep dive into this, you know. Uh, but anyway, coming back to entrepreneurism, uh, the other thing that I think this does is that if if you were to build, and let's say like it's an app, right, it's going to cost you $150,000 even six months ago to build this app. 
with artificial intelligence, it might not only cost you five or ten now because the AI can actually build this stuff out for you. So what was impossible for you to even dream about before because how am I going to come up with $150,000? Well, at $5,000, I probably even have a credit card that might have that kind of limit on it, and all of a sudden I can actually build out this dream I have. And there has been so many references. into It's like, oh, everybody's got this cool app, the best app, new app, and, and nobody's been able to do it because not many people... They can't tap, afford it. They can't afford it. Right. But artificial how, intelligence can crank that out in 20 minutes. How for many me? ideas are there in this country and in this world that are on bar napkins that have never realized any further than, you know, than on that bar napkin that now could potentially create a company, create jobs? You know, we talked See, about like how I told you, jobs. Margaritas. We're actually, <laughs> the I'm, I'm saying on the other side, I think we're going to have so many new businesses emerge that are going to be these companies of 10, 20, 25 people that will have so many jobs, we won't know what to do with it all. Just telling you, this is where I think we are really going right now because of artificial intelligence. You need a robot for that. Super Talk 12. is our passion. Let's jump back into the conversation with Marlo and Steve. All right. Well, I know we're going to run out of time today, Steve, and there's this list that I want to get through. Uh, and My wife makes lists. I'm sorry. Lots for you. of lists. Yeah. Honey, yeah. do lists. Actually, I don't know why, why I said that. Actually, list. You have a great wife. I know I do. She makes make amazing scotchers. And Wendy, by the way, yeah. this is a public thank you for those scotcheroos. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I don't know that there was such a thing as better. Yeah, I I don't know what she does. It, it there, It's... My whole office. I it's took all a, the wrist, I think. I, I took him back to the office. I took one out of there, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. These are amazing. And when I come back, guess what? They're gone. The whole tray, the whole thing that she sent was gone. So I'm just telling you. Yeah. I warned you. But ya. I did get one. All right. So so you were warned. You you actually did tell me don't put them out out because people will try them and take more. And yeah. I'm sure that's exactly what happened. Well, she's gotten the habit of trying to cut really small squares now. So it's probably a good idea. A very actually. good idea. So, so anyway, Wendy, but thank you again. Way they were amazing. in my household. It's just, she makes them a lot. So applications of artificial intelligence. So there's a list of 18 of them here, and we're not going to spend a lot of time on of these, but I just want people to be thinking about them. So, hey, could you ask artificial intelligence chat GPT? It's like, what's Wendy's secret recipe? For oh, her? that's a good idea. You should ask it. I have actually put stuff in for for recipes, recipes. before, and I, what I've done, and I forget what national days they were, but you know, on na- nas- the national day space, uh, sometimes there'll be like four or five, seven national days on a particular day, right? So I asked it to create a recipe, and it, and it actually came up with a cheesecake. It was a lemon. What was that? It was actually okay. Alice actually made this cheesecake. So now we can add Cake Boss to your resume. Yes, exactly. That would be not me. Well, but, so I, but I, but it I, does I, make the recipes. I, I so. Google different recipes all the time. It's like, yeah. like you go to a restaurant and it's like, they're like, for example, my favorite, uh, best sloppy joes of all time, the kegs in Grand Forks. If you've never been there, go. Why uh, did you just bring that up? Now you're hungry too. Aren't I you? am hungry. Yeah. But they're the best. It, the secret recipe, chicken gumbo soup. It's the rice. It's a little bit of rice in there. It's that's. 
I love stacking really. potato chips inside their yes. sloppy joes. But, I, but anyway. I, I tweak the recipe a little bit just to my taste a little okay. bit. Like, they don't add brown sugar. I add a little brown oh, sugar. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I don't do the mustard, and they do the mustard. But but great do th- example. Do you think the station would give us a food show? I, I Yeah. And I just want – I don't want to make this stuff. I just want to try the stuff. So we could have like anybody who wants to bring stuff to to the station. We could do a Saturday afternoon food truck festival show, and and you just Feature pull up with your truck. food truck. Yes, let us let us let us just sample your stuff. I think this is a great idea. You just said lettuce, but I'm not a big salad guy. It's like... <laughs> I don't you don't make me laugh. Oh my goodness. <laughs> This right. coming, this we'll coming out of a cough just isn't so great. All right, back, we'll, back we'll to the. We'll work on that idea. <laughs> back to the uh, artificial intelligence. So, first one is application in e-commerce. So, how do you see artificial intelligence improving e-commerce? That's a good question. Uh, so this is this is a an I'm assault s- on your privacy here. Yeah, I, I, I'm thinking a lot of supply chain. Um, so basically, the recommendations are in accordance with the browsing history, preference, and interests. Which they already take that they information already do this, and but sell that information They're anyway. expecting that this will become more and more prominent as we move forward. By so, the way, have you noticed a lot of websites, if you, and I don't know if, if, if I just haven't been on some of these websites lately, but a lot of websites, the cookies because they have to do a disclosure for right, cookies, right? Which now I'm craving milk and cookies. Uh, but for the cookies, they uh, there's a disclosure form. It's changed. Yeah, it is changed. It's more encompassing now. And actually, there's a move on to get rid of cookies altogether. Yes, which will be nice when that happens. And they expect Google's really pushing hard to get rid of cookies in the next year. So, so that'll be interesting. That just means that they have other well, what technology am I that, dunk in my milk? that really can track you now. They don't need cookies anymore. That's what they're telling oh. you. Just saying. Okay, that's another show. That's that's a whole scary. other show. The other thing with uh, e-commerce is fraud prevention. So credit card frauds and fake reviews are two of the most significant issues that e-commerce companies deal with. Fake reviews. Did you hear me with that? I did. Interesting, right? By considering the UC's past, by considering, I'm trying to read here. By you mean all the influencers aren't real? No. What? That's it's a job. Possible. You know. I thought everything on the internet yeah. was real. Wee oui, wee. Oui. <laughs> AI can help reduce the possibility of credit card fraud taking place. Many customers prefer to buy a product or service based on customer reviews. AI can help identify and handle fake reviews. My wife does that all the time. She's, I'm bad for that too. She's actually, like, well, how many stars does it have? Yeah, I, I don't know. Did I ever tell you the story? And I have told her though. It's like anything you order from China or you think might be from China, order one size larger. I was going into. Uh, um, Sedona, Arizona. This is like two years ago. And uh, coming into town, I hadn't booked. I didn't know where I was going to end up that evening. So I'm now online. I pull over to the side of the road, and I'm looking through, like, orbits. And I'm I'm always, like, looking at the reviews of places I've never been to before for hotels. And there aren't a lot of, like, chain hotels. There's a few in the area, but they were all full. So now I'm looking at the locals, right? And this one had a review of four out of five stars. Well, okay. And I look at it, and and the review actually stated that rats, uh, what the heck was it? Are on the menu? What? 
rats were present or something like that. And I'm like, how do you get four stars gave, with that? You gave this place four stars and it had rats. What what does it take yeah. to get five then with you, dude? I, I thought that was always a five star thing. And it's not because of the proximity to Las Vegas and the rat pack stayed there one time, right? No, no. this was actual rats. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So. So, yeah, I mean, you, you, just because somebody gave it four stars doesn't mean that it actually deserved four stars. Or maybe they thought that was on the other side, that one See, was I thought the you best always and, had accommodations over at Area 51. Oh, and that day I wish I had Area 51. So, anyway, so AI will help you combat fake reviews. So that's a good thing. So artificial intelligence in education. What do you think there? Well... Uh, cliff notes are no longer relevant. Uh, how long did it take you to teach your chat GPT to write a term paper oh, in my, my three minutes? Yeah. In, in my yeah. language, in my writing style. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. How, how did the professor know that I didn't write that? Oh, wait a minute. There's no spelling errors. <laughs> so on, on the educator side, uh, a lot of help. Help educators with non-educational tasks like task-related duties or like facilitating automating personal messages to students, back office tasks like grading paperwork. Oh, now, now I got a problem with that from a, from a student perspective. Right? Yes, it is. Arranging and facilitating parent and guardian interactions. Although if, if you have AI grading papers. Takes the emotion out of it again. Well, so and, there's that. And also... Is AI going to be able to tell if AI wrote that paper? That's the question. That's true. Because the educational side of things is fascinating because right now they're very terrified of, of what AI can do to the educational oh, world. They're, yes, they're, it's going to be extremely disruptive. Yeah, extremely disruptive. Yeah, probably the, in my opinion anyway, the most disruption that our education system has ever seen. I thought YouTube was bad enough as far as disruption goes. Uh, but I embraced YouTube because I, I watched my grandson, for example, who doesn't, he, he's an amazing drawer, uh, animator, I should say. So there is no animation classes. Even at a young age, he was fascinated by this stuff. And now he's learning animation from Disney animators because they show, they have classes on YouTube. To me, that is the best example it's I can give you. The positive side so of positive it. positive of that, you know, but. Uh, and, and how do you, as a school, compete with that? You don't. You don't. So you have to figure out a way to embrace it somehow or another because not every student in that school cares to be an animator, right? That's a right. very niche type of thing. Well, and you have to look at the cost of public education especially. Right. So right. are you going to have an animation class and, and what's the quality? And now in your case, you get a student that's far outpaced what an instructor would know. Yes, I, I remember back in high school, and I'd been in radio forever already. Started when I was twelve. Yeah, I've heard this story. And I, my teacher didn't know what I knew. And right. Like, well, that's wrong. That's wrong. Right. FCC doesn't allow that. FCC requires this. Am I? You're teaching the wrong stuff. I, I should have been teaching the class. Right. Don't make waves, but I, but. Seriously, are you are you going to have because that was a broadcast class? Now the TV side of stuff, fine, uh, and I learned a lot. But the radio side, I learned nothing because I knew more than the instructor did. So when you have the opportunity to have a better instructor through connectivity and online, I mean, 
how many people get an opportunity to learn from a Disney animator? But you take a look from a workforce perspective, and what are they doing? They're growing their industry themselves, which is where a lot of workspaces need to look. And it could be something simple. Look at the, the medical industry, nursing shortage. So a lot of hospitals have got into the space of growing their own nurses, starting their own nursing programs, filling their own capacity issues. So when you take a look at the ability to be online like a Disney animator, wow. And then I look at, um, so I have another grandson, Tyler, picking on my grandsons here now. But, uh, as long as he's not picking his nose. That's oh, right. Yeah. But he's five or six, somewhere in there. All the adults are ignoring him. So he, I, I'm sitting downstairs in my little office, and he comes down there because he always liked to come down. And, and if Grandpa's working, then I want to work, too. I actually set up a computer area oh, cool. for him and all this stuff, right? He comes down Except there. in your case, it's probably a real computer, not a toy computer. Yeah, okay. yeah. But he, uh, he comes down, and by himself, he goes, Alexa, count to ten in Spanish. Because he's fascinated with learning another language. Oh. And he's letting Alexa teach him how to do this. I never thought about that. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. He's five or maybe six. I think he was in kindergarten. So, but it's just interesting that our, our young people now are, because they're growing up around this stuff, use these as tools and don't think anything more of using YouTube to learn how to draw or Alexa to teach me a language or whatever, right? So... This is the, and I thought these were big challenges for schools, but it's nothing like what artificial intelligence is going to bring because the ability to, to even to cheat is the first big thing that everybody thinks about. But I think there's other more broader things that how do you incorporate AI into education? So from an education perspective, do you need to learn another language? Possibly. So. Chat and, GPT. And, and that might be prompting. How yeah, do you prompt like, Chat GPT? Here's my story, blah, 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 blah. I need to compose an email to this business and, uh, oh, by the way, transpose it to Spanish. Right. Right. And then transpose it back when you get, think from a business perspective, the connectivity that that provides. Right. Instead of, oh, I, I need an interpreter or I need to have somebody, uh, who's bilingual or trilingual or you could take a shortcut. You can really take a shortcut. And only because of time, because I know we're going to be pushing the end of the show here pretty soon. We always do. Uh, applications, artificial intelligence, and lifestyle. What do you think there? Well, I, I, going back to our restaurants and and what it looks like in a, a, a social setting. I, I'm thinking the social side of okay. things. So autonomous vehicles. So many, many companies use machine learning to train computers to think and evolve like humans when it comes to driving in any environment and object detection to avoid accidents. These things are happening as we speak. So spam filters. The email that we use in our day-to-day lives has AI that will filter out the spam, which is happening now too, but it's going to get better and better and better because we can say, hey, I don't want any promotions at all from retail stores, and it'll just those will just be gone. Facial recognition. I don't want any car insurance or car yes, <laughs> warranty. Yes, exactly. Bye-bye. Gone. So facial recognition will be really interesting when it comes to lifestyle. 
And I gave you one example about going to the restaurant earlier that the robot that will be serving you will actually recognize who you are. May also know that you have peanut allergies. It, but it's already there on, on your phone, too. So, look, right. you know, facial recognition on a lot of phones. Yes. So all of this stuff is going to get com- combined into uh, ways that will actually make your life better and easier. So facial recognition for all the bad things that it can happen will have good things as well. Super Talk 12. Tech Ranch, let's get back to discovering the latest in technology with the guru of geek, Marlo Anderson. So other lifestyle things. Well, let's just talk about the facial facial recognition thing for a second. So I was in the Miami airport a few months ago and... Terrorist, terrorist, terrorist. No? Well, there's that too, okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, but the... So Delta has in their app... Uh, they have cameras that are set up throughout the Miami airport. They're experimenting with this right now. And when it notices where you're at, it'll actually, so let's say I'm going to a different gate, which is what I was doing, right? It'll hold the plane for you? It'll, well, it will do that. If it knows there's enough coming, if enough people were delayed, they already have systems in place for that. Minneapolis anyway. airport, you come in at this gate and then you're yes. way over there. Yeah, that's exactly like, oh how it works, goodness. right? But as you're walking through the airport, you can actually have your phone open to the Delta app and it will direct you through the airport because and then it says oh we see you're here now and it's because it's got facial recognition as it goes along so it understands where you're at uh, and then you can say hey I'm 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 I could use some caffeine show me the closest coffee spot and it'll just show you a map right on the app so don't they do that already kind of through GPS with well kind of through phone? GPS but the thing you with, can just track the phone but the thing with GPS is that you when you're in a it. building a lot of times you lose that connectivity with GPS so the facial recognition and then with other various things they can actually detect where you're at I suppose because you're pinging off a different router or what have you so uh, when you're outside, that's not a problem yeah, at you all. You just pull up the airport map and go gate F22. Well, I, I'm not saying there aren't other ways to do this. They are just using facial recognition with their app to take you through the airport a little more efficiently. That's just another thing that I thought was interesting. So, um, Marlo, Marcus, you're going to Houston, but you should be going to Las Vegas. So, yeah. They send you to the wrong gate? It's, it's kind of funny. Here, The very next thing on the list, applications of artificial intelligence in navigation. <laughs> I guess we're a little ahead of there. But uh, GPS technology can provide users with accurate, timely, and detailed information to improve safety. Uh, AI is heavily used by Uber and many logistics companies to improve operational efficiency, analyze road traffic, and optimize routes, just like we were talking about with Domino's already. So Google Maps won't run you into a dead-end street or off a cliff. Something like that, yeah. So We've it's gonna, all heard those stories. It's it's all about the, it's, it's the combining of logistics, so delivery companies and GPS. This is what's going on here so that you can get your pizza delivered more efficiently or your box across the country more efficiently. So you're seeing more and more of that going on. Uh, applications of artificial intelligence in robots. Robots. So we've talked a little bit about this already. Uh, carrying goods in hospitals, factories, and warehouses. I think the hospital thing is interesting, too, because... Well, I just brought up workforce and, and nursing, yeah. shortage of nursing. Yep. So Imagine just having the food being delivered to every room and not having anybody interact with that, you know. For me, though, that's where you start 
there's that little gray area of creep of human interaction, yeah. customer service. Yeah. And, and you know, it, the jelly is jello is especially good tonight, Mr. Bakken. <sighs> she won't have that anymore. I, I, I do like hospital pudding, but um, <laughs> it comes in a big can. Um, the question I have, though, is, is is interactive cues. Okay. So if you've got, if say you're a nurse and you walk in and you see a patient whose vital signs are all normal, but they seem to be a little clammy or a little pale. Sure. It's like one more check-in, right? Yeah. yeah. You're not going to get that from a nurse who's sitting there monitoring a screen at a nursing station. Right. It's that interaction that you you pick up on the little cues, and they right. matter. Right. So applications of artificial intelligence in healthcare, this is significant. So they will be able to, so using artificial intelligence, you can determine, you know, things that maybe you wouldn't be able to, to you know, find before. So, for example... Like testing, different types of tests. Artificial intelligence combined with facial recognition. Okay. So there's, and I think you and I talked about this one other time with the pet care thing, right? Where you take a picture of your pet every week and then after, and then the AI compares that photo with all the other photos of a particular kind of pet. And then because your pet is displaying some type of system or uh, something on, on that, on the face, it can come back and say because it's compiled all this data now that your dog has diabetes or has cancer or whatever. Or and a then little you take, eye droop, so there might have been a TIA or whatever it yeah. is, right? So imagine doing that with human beings now. So you start taking photos of our of ourselves or at facial recognition because we're going through the airport and we're going to wherever and and going to have a meal at McDonald's and it recognizes you and then. It builds this profile up of you along with everybody else, and then it starts to notice that well, Marla's losing a little more hair. I wonder what's going on with that. <laughs> that since I have none left, by the way, uh, well, I have a little left. Okay, I, so, I, so but you know what I mean. So, so this is where I think artificial intelligence and healthcare will be significant. I'm using this as one example. Okay, and now I'm going to go to the the dark side of yes, that. Yes, of course you uh, are. Sorry, um, too many sci-fi movies. So. Marlowe's gained a few extra pounds. Yes. So that artificial intelligence at McDonald's is going to sell no No more Big Mac for you. You're getting a salad, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that happening. At least it's a recommended thing. So I agree. I mean, so do you think it's going to get to the point where it won't even allow me to pay for it because I want the Big Mac and it's not going to let me pay for it? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it, it, you're borderline diabetic yep. and gained a few extra pounds. Yep. No, yep. you cannot have that Big Mac. Right. So now you have artificial intelligence superseding free will. Yep. Now, the other side of that is healthcare is a great place to talk because you talk about healthcare costs. And there's a whole bunch of actuaries in rooms with insurance companies that talk about all these different numbers and the cost of healthcare, the cost of a society being a little bit obese, or in the United States is a lot. Right. Uh, so there's costs, cost derivatives all attached to that. So artificial intelligence make for a healthier society. It's possible. Certainly possible. So, 
Yeah, and, and you know, and, and uh, I just think you could have that Big Mac, but instead of paying eight dollars for it, you're paying forty. Maybe so because that's the difference in healthcare costs for everybody else. Well, so that's interesting. That's another aspect of it. It is though. another aspect of it. I never we haven't and, even thought the, about that. It's a tax simplification well, yeah. or a healthcare thing or whatever. Health oh. tax, which. If you think about it, isn't just, that far away? Because, why did you just bring this up? Because the government's going to figure yeah, this out now. Yeah, they're listening. Yeah, we're screwed now. Uh, but think of, like, New York City. Yes. Wanted to extra tax large versus small pops. Right, right. Or getting rid of You're going to pay extra for that because yep. of the health care applications, uh, which was – there's a lot of – we get a lot to think out. We, we, we have a lot to, as a society – Figure out what we're comfortable with because somebody's going to step in and go, well, but for the greater good, the hell with that. What about me? What about my personal individual freedoms and rights? Now, is there a portion of that that if you're stepping on somebody else's toes or another cost or think, fine, we can have that conversation. But this is going to be where it needs to be slow and incremental because people are going to lose their crap. And we have to have another conversation because it's hard to believe. Three hours. Steve, we're out of time. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks, buddy. And that's a wrap on another fantastic episode of The Tech Ranch. Remember, if you have any questions or want to suggest topics for future shows, visit thetechranch.com and send us your thoughts. You can also listen to past episodes and watch exclusive interviews not featured on the radio show. Be sure to follow Marlo and Steve on social media by clicking the links at thetechranch.com. Until next time, keep exploring the world of living with technology. 